Goldthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Cavanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get a So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. 9.68, the wind is okay. How easy was that? It is Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you today for a record-breaking day for Tasmania, our second gold medal of the Olympics. We've won more gold, double the gold than New Zealand. Stick it up your face, New Zealand. Tasmania is on the medal tally and has got the same amount of gold as Canada. Yay! Go Tasmania! Australia is also doing pretty well as well, but it's a big day for medals Australian medals, that is. Canada won one, which which is kind of groundbreaking, but we'll get to that eventually. Uh, seven medals for Australia today. Seven medals. I think we officially now know what it's like to be America. You just can't keep up with it. It's like, oh my goodness, and they all happened within like an hour. I'm still trying to catch up with what's going on. I believe it is our second most successful day in the history of the Olympics, an equal most successful day in terms of gold medals won in a single day of the Olympic Games. Big, big day. And to help me recap it, I have Emu Plains number one rower viewer, it is Mr. Jared Lubig. Jared, welcome back to Off the Podium. Thank you. It's it's great to be back on such a momentous day for Australia. Um, smartly avoiding the silver. Um, I feel like there's more to come there. Hopefully, just balance out that uh, discrepancy a little bit. But yeah, you what just, a what a great day j- for medals. Jinxed it, Jared. You did this in Rio. No. This is what you did in Rio, and then we just couldn't stop winning silver. <laughs> Gosh, damn it, Jared. Uh, Also joining us, in all seriousness, a a record-breaking day for Canada. We all know that one bronze is like the biggest thing that they can ever do, but uh, the bronze was a record-breaker indeed. From Winnipeg, Winnipeg's number one bronze medal fan is Colin Hilding. Colin, (laughs) welcome back to Off the Podium. Yeah, and uh, a record-breaking slash record-equaling. I mean, the Canadian records are so confusing that nobody gets it right, including uh, CBC, but uh, record breaking for the summer and record tying for overall. Uh, and I'll actually say this uh, record breaking for non Winnipeg athletes because uh, Penny is now tied for the all time most medals won, but she is tied with two Winnipeg athletes uh, who also have six medals. So um, she can become the greatest non Winnipegger to ever play in the Olympics. Wow. Well, we're going to talk up Penny and, and bless. Bless Canada's heart for the fact that they think five medals and six medals is a lot by a single athlete. Um, we'll get to that. But, I mean, seriously, it has been a, an amazing day for Australia. Uh, seven medals, Jared. Uh, just absolutely insane. Three gold. And a lot of these did come basically within an hour. Woke up this morning, put on Channel 7, our favourite network, uh, to see gold for the women's Coxless, Coxless 4 in 
the rowing. Uh, Lucy Stephan, Rosemary Popper, Jessica Morrison, and Annabelle McIntyre as part of that one. Then straight after, the men's coxes four, Alexander Pinnell, Spencer Turin, Jack Hargreaves, and Alexander Hill. We've got double awesome foursome returns. Haven't we heard that a lot today? Fantastic for that. Uh, Queen Ariana Titmus, Tasmania's own, uh, took the gold. She took the double in the 200 free. Becomes only the third Australian to ever do that after the great survivor player of Shane Gould and the great commentator Ian Thorpe. Uh, fantastic to see that. And then to add to the three golds, we added four bronzes, because why wouldn't you? Got a bronze in the 4x200m freestyle relay. Great to see Kyle Chalmers uh, breaking the Yobro curse there uh, with another medal. We can see if he can do it tomorrow. Probably just put the Mickey on in there. In the rowing, we all then had uh, the quadruple skulls take bronze for both the women's and the men's. Uh, Rhea Thompson, Rowena Meredith, Harriet Hudson, and Caitlin Cronin in the women's. And in the men's, Jack Cleary, Caleb Antill, Cameron Girdstone, and Luke Letcher. And I'll just mention in the, the men's relay, I should say, in the swimming, that was uh, Kyle Chalmers, as I mentioned. Zach Inserti, Thomas Neal, and Alexander Graham. And then to add to that, we got a bronze in the men's time trial. And it wasn't Richie. Tasmania could have had another one. Richie choked out about 30th. But uh, we did end up getting a bronze thanks to Rowan Dennis who uh, got a medal for us in that, which was great to see. Our first road cycling medal, Jared, since 2004, which was a bit interesting. So uh, there you go. Uh, I mean, are you are you recovered? Are you excited? I mean, a big, big day for Australia. Still recovering, I think. It was just, like you said, so they came in such quick succession of one another. Uh, speaking of quick succession of one another, 2-0 to Egypt in the soccer. Yeah, um, I was I was ignoring that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying I was excited talking about seven medals to not see another one of our teams choke. <laughs> but yeah, it was nice to see uh good to see the rowing team keeping thing uh things even between the men and women. Uh often a complaint that uh one gender will pull in some more medals, but the rowing team they know how to do it. Um and yeah, that the, the bronze at the end of the day in, in the um Time trial, I think long overdue to get another medal in the road cycling and justification for Rowan Dennis to have sat out the um, the road race. Which, I mean, look, I, I'm going to be a biased Tasmanian here and I was hoping it would be Richie, but uh, unfortunately, he, I think he got about 32nd or something along those lines. There was a Canadian leading that for a long time. I sort of left the TV, came back, and the Canadian was still winning. I'm like, oh, here we go. He's a shot for this one, but uh, pulled to Canada and didn't win a medal. Um Outside of the Australians here, so let's let's talk up Canada's bronze because it's all well and good to joke about a one bronze to Canada, but it was a record-breaking bronze. Penny Alexiak, her sixth Olympic medal, makes her the most successful Canadian summer athlete ever at Olympics and ties the record for overall medals with uh, Clara Hughes and is it Cindy Classen for winter? Yeah. Am I getting them both right? Look at me knowing my Canadian athletes. So if Penny is part of the 4 by 2 or if she can uh, b- go back-to-back in the 100 tomorrow, she will become the most successful Canadian Olympian of all time. Absolutely insane. And I think this is where we need to check in with a this is the cold call campaign to see if that is the the <laughs> real one that helps you get success. None of these Swiss moldy vitamins or Yo Pro Bros or coming on off the podium. So, uh, and let, can I just say, we've, we've been very close to getting Penny on a couple of times. So thankfully she didn't come on the show. I'm oh, yeah. glad wow. she has okay. not come on the Here show. Here we go. <laughs> Kylie broke the curse, but Ben's keeping it alive. Um, I, I think uh, the exciting thing about this is that Canadians didn't really know what to make a penny coming into this. Because, again, she 
she did struggle after Rio. Um, she has not been very vocal uh, in the media. And uh, even in the interview she had, it's just, yeah, I'm just happy, like with the, the previous win, I'm just happy to be here and everything. Uh, the most exciting thing wasn't necessarily that she won. It was that she won an event that she hadn't competed in before. She wasn't necessarily expected to medal in, despite, as I said yesterday, the Canadian media saying, Penny set up for another medal tonight. Like, she actually wasn't. That was what was really exciting about it. I mean, she, she barely qualified for the finals. Uh, I don't think that she was expected to do better than fourth at best, maybe even fifth. And she sort of came out of nowhere in those last 50 meters, as she usually does, and won it. Uh, but it was the interview afterwards that uh, has everybody excited because they talked about, okay, you've tied this record now. You know, you could potentially break this record. And basically, she just looks at the camera and says, yeah, th this was, it's amazing to, you know, be part of this group, but I'm not done yet. And just sort of left it at that. And people, all, all of a sudden, everybody's like, this I'm not done yet comment is like, oh, Penny is back. Like, she's competitive. She's going to break this thing. She, she is the new Michael Phelps. I love Penny. Like, I can vocally say that now that she's 21. I feel like I can get away with it more so than I could back in Rio. But, uh, I mean, she she's fun to follow on social media and not just for those reasons. She just she just seems, like, so nonchalant. She just seems like she's... Like, as much as I love uh, Kelly McEwen and kind of for various reasons and, you know, I feel that Penny would just be that sort of just chill person who's just hanging out and just whatever, whereas Kaylee's kind of going to be like, no, you can go home now, you're creepy. So yeah. um, I think that, like, well, Penny's just chill, whereas Kaylee's like, go away. <laughs> and you could tell that based on so many of the athletes where they're posting their training, they're posting their their diet plans. Penny, 90% of her Instagram is just her and her dog. So yeah. you know that she's a pretty relaxed, you know, down-to-earth person. Uh, and also humble. I mean, you, you could say humble too. I mean, when you're 16, of course, anybody's humble coming to Rio when they're not expected to necessarily maybe pick up a bronze but not pick up four medals. And then you come into these games where there's so much pressure on you and so, so many expectations. And, you know, she doesn't pull out of her event. Uh, she not a knock against Simone Biles, but let, let's they're very similar in, uh, I guess, their roads to this Olympics here. Uh, and when she starts succeeding, she basically just takes up the challenge and says, yeah, you know, I'm going to go further than this. Just keep watching me. And I will say, guests of the show, Tessa Virtue has been very vocal on social media in congratulating uh, Penny. So uh, I thought, had, had Tessa, what, she won four or five medals? She she was up there, wasn't I think she? She was at four, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, there you go. So one more for, for Penny to get that. Katie Ledecky, I'm sure we didn't hear that at all, that she finished fifth. Like, it was like a national inquiry from Australia here. And i got to say, I think it's a bit cruel because she clearly had the 1,500 metre. I mean, it's a big discrepancy to go from the 200 to the 15. Yeah. So, I mean, if I had to look at it, I'm assuming she's probably more focused on the 15 and maybe thought, oh, I'll do what I can in the 200. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think Australian media were being a bit cruel to Katie Led, A bit cocky, Jared, I feel that. Oh, she's beaten her twice and, oh, Ledecky didn't even meddle. Just a little bit, yeah. Especially, as you say, this is her, her least preferred event of all the events that she's in. So it just, it, it was stupid. I, the whole rivalry in itself and the fact that uh, Ariane's won 2.0, get set for 3.0. And I'm like, can we just, can we not... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even they were having the 4x2 heats tonight and they were kind of like, oh, and she deserves a rest. She's won two gold, so she won't swim the heats. And, like, okay, 
I get it. It's it's a great achievement. As I said, only the third Australian to ever do the four by the four and two double. The second woman, and obviously Thorpey did it in Athens. So it's a great achievement, kind of when you do something along those lines. But the thing that kind of frustrated me a little bit. I mean, this was a great day for Australia in terms of the medals we won. But chip, typical Channel Seven, and maybe it's just also typical Australia. It was all about Ariane's win. It's all like, cool, great, fantastic. Let's show this again. Let's interview her, her mom, her dad, her grandpa, her granddad, her dog, her neighbor, all this kind of stuff. We won two gold in rowing in the space of like five minutes. You have uh, Nick Green commentating, one of the original Awesome Foursome members. You know, you've, you've got all this connection. The fact that Australia, in the men's at least, have a 25-year drought. Britain had been undefeated in this event since we last won it in Atlanta. And then we come along and win this. And then such a steeped history in this event. I mean, Jared, you would remember growing up all the awesome foursome ads we had on TV. Like the awesome foursome was like a, some of the most famous athletes in Australia. And then you go and look at the women who do it just before then too. Like this is Australia's most successful ever day in the history of Olympic rowing. Like huge, huge, like two gold, two bronze. And those bronzes were almost more exciting than the golds, if I'm being honest, particularly in the uh, the women's. That was fantastic to watch. I just, I feel like the rowers are getting very short changed here, Jared, just because, yeah, great. Not to take away from Ariana's result, but it's just kind of annoying. Yeah, but it's just, it's always the way. It's always the way that swimming gets all the focus, all the attention, all the replays. And I just think if we gave some a bit more of that media attention to the other sports, then you would also see a flow on of better results moving forward in those sports. Absolutely, 100%. Um, so, yeah, it's a bit frustrating. I mean, the one thing I will say, though, with the swimming is that this is our most uh, successful swimming meet at, to date since Beijing. We've eclipsed both London and Rio. So maybe we're not quite uh, have choked as much as some of those other ones. Um, one thing I want to say, though, I feel bad for a certain swimmer, Mr. Mac Horton, our 400 meter former reigning champion who didn't qualify, uh, swam the slowest leg of the four by two in the heats and didn't even get a call up to the uh, the final in the four by two. I mean, the four by two was a great result. Like that was really really exciting to watch because it's the first time the US have never medaled in this event where they've been competing, except for 1980 when they boycotted the Olympics. So, uh, big deal there for the US. So, we, we snuck home for the bronze era. It wasn't looking good. And I have to say, Basil and, and Liesel and, and Thorpe for that entire match were saying, oh, we're in third, we're in third. Match, swimming, what am I saying? But at certain points of that, we were like sixth. And they're going, oh, look, we're they're still in the bronze. I'm like, no, we're not. Like, we were not in the top three. But, I mean, that was a, that was a great result. Again, uh, even our bronzes today, I feel like, uh, celebrating almost like golds. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you mentioned them saying that, oh, they're still in third when they're way down the pool. It's like they always do the um, just a little bit of work to do in the second half. When somebody's sitting in last, I'm like, a little bit of work. <laughs> I'm like, a lot of work. And also, it's not going to happen from, like, this position when they're, like, half a pool oh. length behind. Frustrating. Yeah, Jesus. Um, Colin, in terms of uh, outside of Penny's result, I mean, actually, I will just ask with Penny's result. Like, you sort of mentioned the interview and everything like that. But, I mean, outside of your CBCs and, and your sort of, you know, Olympic media, have there been, like, is this a big talking point in Canada outside of the – I mean, is this like the number one story in Canada right now that you kind of have this new record holder for summer games? Yeah, by far. Um, And uh, along with the fact that it wasn't necessarily an event that she was considered she should medal in and that we still have more to go. um, What I think is more exciting that nobody's talking about is her reaction to winning this because you could see that she was like, 
almost crying, but it wasn't tears of joy. It was tears of pain. She even said afterwards that like her legs were just done. And, and that's really the difference uh, we saw with Katie Ledecky. She was reserving what she had because she had another race that night. You know, uh, Penny didn't have another race. And I don't think I've ever seen her push so hard where she was visibly in pain and is going on and on about how much she hurt. It, it just shows how willing she is to win all these medals and to break all these records. Uh, so, you know, her comment, like I said earlier about, you know, there's still more to come or whatever. I mean, that has kind of been the big talking point. It's like Penny not only set this record, but like she's going to shatter it. She's going to keep going. And who knows how many more Olympics she's going to have after this. It's it's incredible to look at the statistics of, of the most successful Canadian Olympians um, because obviously dominated mainly by winter here, but in in getting her sixth medal, uh, she was she was tied previously for five with Leslie Thompson, a rower. Uh, I'm seeing here who went from 1984 through to 2016, a gold, three silvers, and a bronze. And Phil Edwards uh, in athletics, 1928, 32, and 36, who won five bronze. Wow. Uh, I mean, good for him. He won five Olympic medals, but five bronze. But with Clara Hughes, how do you classify that? Because she won two of those yeah. bronzes at the summer. Yeah, so she's split between speed skating and cycling, which to me is almost more impressive. I mean, there are a lot of athletes who will, um, you know, compete in both Olympics, but often it's just so that they can, you know, keep their stamina up and everything. Like uh, we have uh, one uh, Canadian track star who decided to get into bobsled just so she had an excuse to really run and sprint during the winter months. Uh, But with Clara Hughes, I mean, she just sort of decided speed skating, cycling, I can do both and (laughs) manages to medal in both. Uh, you know, she's actually um, uh, from Winnipeg as well, like I said, but uh, she's become like a huge ambassador. I'm sure you've heard of it when you were here, Ben, but this Bell Let's Talk Day for yeah. mental health, which we know Simone Biles is going to become the new American correspondent of. Um, <laughs> she's just taken this record, which she's almost considered an after because she was in speed skating with Cindy Clausen, who, you know, is obviously won all of her medals in one sport. Claire Hughes was often considered an afterthought, but now is probably the most well-known of these Olympians. And I I just always consider that to be more impressive that you can medal in two sports you don't even necessarily consider should be connected and in both winter and the summer. Which I'm just trying to see here. Uh, Is she the most successful summer, winter, like dual Olympics medal winner because i'm scrolling through here the the most successful olympians of all time and they're all just from the one games like either summer or winter so i'm just trying to see here she might be the most successful ever so i think i mean this list i'm looking at only goes to people who have won seven or more medals and there are no dual summer slash winter olympians on this so that would make her unless there's another one who's won six in both summer and winter which I mean, like I, I admire. I mean, I admire any Olympian. I will say that straight away. But for these athletes who can go to dual games, I admire them. And for athletes to win medals at both, I admire them as well. Uh, I mean, one of the one of the athletes I mentioned that I was keeping an eye on, Georgia Simmeling. Uh, you know, she she's uh, a, a cyclist. She won a medal. She was bronze in your team pursuit in Rio. But she alternates basically every two years between going between skiing and uh, cycling. And she basically pulled out of Pyeongchang only because she like shattered her leg uh, like a couple of months beforehand and she still wants to go to Beijing. So like, I mean, I just, I admire that. I mean, I know in Australia, I think the only one we've ever had Jared in that maybe back in like the fifties or something along those lines. But obviously of course, um, Yana Pittman, Yana Rollinson, whatever her name is this week, uh, she switched over to bobsleigh for Sochi. 
Um, so yeah, I, it's just admiration for these people that can do that. It's 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 absolutely incredible that they can um, can do that. So good for them. Um, breaking news: We choked against Egypt. That's Australia, as in we. Uh, and uh, we are officially out of the men's soccer to nothing. Jared, all that hype over the Argentina game. You called it. Uh, we <laughs> got a little bit too much, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, who would have predicted at the start of the tournament that we would have beat Argentina, but also that our worst result would come against Egypt from that pool? Yeah, exactly. Uh, in the hockey, the last time I checked too, the Kookaburras won all against New Zealand. Like, come on, Australia, pick your game up. Uh, we'll go over the medalists now. Speaking of New Zealand, oh, brew, it's such a silver day for us. We've won well, I, I can't comment more on that because I might be ruining a, a result for somebody on this podcast that I'm not meant to be ruining. Colin, close your ears for a well, second. Well, you know, they, they meddled something. <laughs> la, 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 la. Uh, they won two silver today uh, for New Zealand, uh, a silver in the rowing, and uh, they choked in the rugby, which is fantastic. Fiji, back-to-back gold. How excited are we for Fiji winning another gold? So good. Such a um, wonderful success story of the Summer Olympics. And the fact that they've gone back to back is just the cherry on top. And I just want to mention this before I get Colin back because he's, 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 he's taped it and he doesn't want to watch it. Um, I, I just love the emotion of these players. Like Argentina won the bronze. They were bawling their eyes out. The commentators were basically saying, like, some of these people are going to go back home. They don't even know if they've got jobs. Um, it was, And they beat Britain as well, so it was even better. But then, like, the Fijians in the, the anthem before the game were bawling their eyes out. Like, it was just... I love that emotion. I love it so much. And Rugby Sevens, like, keep it in the Olympics forever. I love it because these countries that can win these medals are fantastic. Yeah, it's always nice to see when uh, it really means a lot to the athletes, even yeah. just being there. Um, and but then, yeah, when when they end up meddling on top of that, it's just, um, yeah, it's it's really good stuff. All right, let's get Colin. Colin, you can you can put the headphones on because that is why that Ethiopia won the rugby. So there you go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Um, the other New Zealand, uh, yeah. So the women's double skulls. Uh, Brooke Donohoe and Hannah Osborne got the silver for for them uh, behind Romania. Oh, look at that. Octopussy won a gold medal today. <laughs> so, um, as always, of course, in uh, recording this, when we're recording this, there are still some results to be had. The uh, men's and women's 3x3 basketball is happening as we speak. Now, Colin, am I spoiling this if I give away the bronze medalists in this? or I saw the bronze medal, so you can okay. give it. Okay, so uh, the men, Serbia took the bronze in that one and China's taken the gold the uh, women's gold medal match is on as we speak between Russia and Rock, traditional 3x3 rivals, and the USA are currently leading that one at the moment. Uh, cycling, uh, the gold in the men's uh, that, of course, we got the bronze for Australia. Uh, let's try and pronounce this one. Is it Primoz Roglic, Roglic uh, of Slovenia? Uh, took the gold there. The Dutch are finally broken through. Actually, they got a couple of gold today. So the the Dutch, the golden showers, that sounds a bit inappropriate, are happening for the Dutch. They're used to it there in the Netherlands. They're quite open. Uh, Annemiek van Vleuten took the gold in that one. And uh, Australia uh, nearly got double bronze today. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Grace Brown fourth in that one. So, so close to uh, getting another medal in that event. In the diving, it was gold to China. No surprise there. Uh, Equestrian, the individual dressage went to Germany. They took the team dressage last night. That was uh, one event that happened after we uh, stopped recording last night. Jessica von Bredo-Verndl 
got the gold there for Germany. South Korea took the men's team sabre in fencing, beating Italy. I don't think Italy have got a gold yet so far in the uh, fencing, which is a bit of a turn-up for the books. The men's all-around uh, gymnastics is happening as we speak, so I uh, hope we'll have a result before the end of that. In the judo, the men's 90 kilos, Alasha Bakari of Georgia took the gold, while Chizuru RA for Japan took the gold in the women's 70 kilos. Outside of the rowing we've already talked about, France took the men's double skulls, the Dutch took the men's quad skulls, Romania, as I mentioned, the double skulls in the women's, and China in the women's quad skulls there. I didn't realise China were very prevalent in rowing, but let's be honest, China are good in everything, so uh, surprise, surprise. Rugby, we already mentioned that. I won't spoil it for Colin again. Uh, and in the swimming outside of what we talked about, as I mentioned, Katie Ledecky took the 1,500 metres, <laughs> debut event, of course, in uh, the Olympics for that one. The Brits won the 4 by 2 those bastards. Uh, China took the actually no sorry I'm jumping ahead that's weightlifting uh, Yui Oshie took the uh, double uh, the 4 by the 400 individual medley and now the 200 individual medley first time I believe since uh, Stephanie Rice back in Beijing to do that so good to see and uh, one of my new favourite athletes Christoph Milak of Hungary <laughs> took the men's 200 metre butterfly even I think uh, I don't even know who it was it was some Twitter account today uh, were trolling this poor guy because Colin sends his picture off of uh, dear old Chris Dormelak living up to expectations of what we have for Hungarians. Of just this, he won a gold medal and he looks so bored. Um, but they put a side by side picture between him and the silver medalist of tomorrow, Honda, who was smiling. And they were like, "Guess which one just won a gold medal?" <laughs> <laughs> I love this guy. I love Christoph Malak. He's like he could be a possible nominee for athlete of the day for me. Uh, and in the weightlifting, in the men's seventy-three kilos, Yong Shi has taken the gold in a world record. Good for him. Uh, so there you go. Busy, busy day today uh, on all the Olympic sports. One all Australia, New Zealand. I'm seeing that right now in the uh, men's hockey. Um, Colin. Uh, outside of uh, Penny, how did how did Canada go today? How did the rugby go today for Canada? Any update for that? <laughs> I did see that one. Um, it wasn't. <laughs> it, I'll say this: it was it was probably a more impressive showing than some of our um, preliminary matches we had. But uh, yeah, we're out, obviously. Well, I mean, it was a it was a placing like uh, Australia beat Canada seven eight uh, for the seventh place, I should say. So you know, haha, go us. We're seventh, you're eighth. Suck it, Canada. Suck <laughs> it, Canada. Um, I mean, outside of that, oh, clearly the disappointment Canada is reeling in that one. National Day morning tomorrow. Uh, how else did Canada do today? Are we going over the results here? Yeah, that's generally my question when I say I how is Canada this, going there's, today. <laughs> there's very little to go over that we haven't covered already. Um, but uh, I well. Penny obviously won the bronze, um, but um, Sydney Pickram, uh, where is she on here? I don't know. Sydney Pickram didn't. There we go. <laughs> Sydney sixth, Pickram. She? Yeah, she finished sixth overall. Uh, two of our males, uh, they were in the semifinals that didn't advance. Yuri Kissel and Joshua Lindo. Uh, again, that's that is the big moment that relay that we had a couple of days ago. Uh, and uh, Kelsey Wog, also from Winnipeg, uh, also competed in Champix, as we discovered on the Team of Canada website. I still saw that up a couple of days ago that her Olympics, she's competed in 1924 Champix and 2020 Tokyo. Uh, but um, she is 16th overall, so she doesn't advance. And um, uh, in the 4x200 relay, uh, we were fourth overall qualifying for the finals. So actually in a decent position, that one. Rowing, I'm kind of disappointed with. I mean, there's not much to say. We, we were in a couple of finals last night. We didn't place. 
Uh, this is one of these sports, I guess it's one of the sports that Canada and Australia sort of share that this is, you know, a, a really successful sport as in we, we pretty much always will win rowing medals, but really I'm discovering the big difference between Australia and Canada is that this, it gets huge TV coverage here. Uh, even when we're not meddling or not even expected to meddle. I mean, this is one of our primetime events along with swimming and diving uh, and athletics that we get here, uh, but we still are in it. We have uh, a couple of uh, pairs that have advanced to uh, the finals that are going to be I'm coming excited up the for one days. of your, your pairs. Sorry to interrupt you. Which but, one? Uh, Tell me which one you're excited about. Uh, I'm excited for the women's coxless pair for Kaylee Filmer, who's a Victorian rower. And uh, I had some brief discussions with her to come on the show, and I'm sure we could probably get her on the show. So clearly she might win a medal uh, now that she didn't come on the show. But um, she was a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a talking point for local sporting circles there in Victoria and trained on a, a lake, which was about a five-minute walk from where I first lived in Victoria. So I'll be interested oh. to see how she goes tomorrow. I mean, that, that means you could have trained with her and even made the team for Paris. I mean, you know, she did ask me, but, you know, I... <laughs> Didn't quite say yes. So there you go. But yeah, uh, Kaylee Filmer and Hillary Jansen, uh, they are going on to the finals, as are Conlon McCabe and Kai Langerfeld. Uh, both are moving on. Um, and uh, or I guess our big one uh, <laughs> that we kind of expected could have meddled, Keenan Latimer, uh, they were finishing fifth overall in their semifinal. So again, some disappointing results there. Uh, mixed doubles, tennis, uh, Dabrowski and Felix, they're out. Uh, canoe, kayak, slalom. It's its just sort of an honor to be in these events, at least for me, because I, as I said, I love the canoe and kayak events. Uh, but we finished, Haley Daniels finished at 21st overall, and Michael Taylor finished 24th. Uh, road cycle, as you said, we did have a Canadian who was in the lead. Was that the Hugo, Hugo Huel guy? Yeah, for a long time, yeah. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, finished 13th. So that's not a terrible finish there. Uh, badminton, Michelle Lee beat Slovakia. Um, and Brian Yang says, put up a good fight against second seed Chow Ting Chen of Chinese Taipei, but ended up losing two to one. Uh, Boxer, this is uh, this is one of the ones that I think Canada is getting more excited about. And it, it's almost sad that we had two boxers who are considered real contenders that Mandy Bujold, I'm not knocking Mandy Bujold. Again, her story was huge with the whole, you know, qualifying, not qualifying due to pregnancy or whatever. Uh, but she sold so much media attention that it's almost like Canada doesn't realize we actually had two boxers or contenders in there. Uh, one of them's out. Caroline Vare is out uh, in the quarterfinals. She lost to uh, Irma Tessa from Italy. But Tamara Tebolt is moving on. Uh, and uh, she's I actually a. Do you remember her? She bronze in Gold Coast, I think. She was actually, she was one of the ones, because I think mm -hmm. I remember sending you all the photos because I, I took photos of all the Canadians like with their medals. They were the only ones that I did. And yeah. I tagged, I tagged, and she was, I think, one of the ones that reached out to me on Instagram. I was like, oh, can I have that photo? So I sent her the, the photo that I took of oh, her nice. in the Commonwealth Games. Yeah. So I, I, Another I one who just her. wanted to wait until after Tokyo to come on the show. Uh, exactly. We're running up a list of these people <laughs> didn't, didn't want to run the risk. Like, Kyle, that's all the more reason Kylie should have been given credit for athlete yeah. of the day yesterday. The only one willing to run the risk of losing a medal by appearing on our show. But yeah, Tamara Tebow, that that's great because she actually went on to the Worlds and ended up uh, meddling there as well. Uh, sailing, as I said, we've got sailors in there. Uh, let's just move on. I can't wait to commentate sailing. I'm seriously so excited. Um, rugby, as we said, we uh, ended up losing. Uh, but we get the eighth place, uh, and it wasn't terrible, I guess. Uh, volleyball, men pick up their first win, and it was actually a big win against Iran. 
Uh, that was actually getting a lot of attention here as well. Traditional rivals. And the traditional rivals, yes, the Iranians and the Canadians. Uh, this all goes back to the uh, the hostage crisis of 1980. Uh, there's still some bad blood there. Yep. And um, uh, the the water polo uh, Canadians end up picking up a big win there, nine to one win. Um, Wait, were well, you looking uh, at the score? It was not nine to one. You absolutely murdered South Africa, twenty-one to one. Oh, it was a nine to one at halftime. There we go. Yeah. I'm looking there wow, going, there you're go. underselling this. 21 to 1 <laughs> 21 in one to one. holiday for Canada. <laughs> it is, of course, our first win, but we'll take it. <laughs> South Africa, suck it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's how Canada went today. Well, there you go. I'm glad that you um, you went over those in-depth results. One thing before I go over Australia's results, I, I and I actually want to talk a little bit about the tennis with you, Jared, because uh, some interesting results, not only for Australia, but just where we're at right now with the, the semifinals and the quarterfinals. I was talking about uh, Canada's history with, with medals and basically, uh, you know, that most of your um, top ones are, are laced, of course, with summer Olympians, as are uh, sorry, Winter Olympians, and ours are mostly laced with Summer Olympians. But um, the the one that I, I wanted to pull up here was I I just I'm so fascinated by the Winter Olympics. I know I'm kind of a little bit ahead, and I, I legitimately think we can tick off most of these medalists uh, eventually, slowly over the years because we haven't really got that many. But here's a question for you, Jared. Here's a trivia question. Maybe Colin can chime in here too. Who is Australia's most successful ever Winter Olympian? Anyone can guess. <laughs> I have a guess who will become Beijing, but uh, I I doubt that that's current standing. Who 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 are you thinking? Uh, who is your speed skater guy? Who is that big Stephen speed Bradbury? skater? Stephen Bradbury. Yeah, was it him? He is one of our. It's um, him and. Sorry, well, is it him? Him and Lydia are they tied? I'll, I'll I'll put this out to you both. We have five multiple Winter Olympic medalists. Three of them have won a gold and a bronze. Two of them have won a gold and a silver. So it's equal top. Can you remember who our top two? It is not Lydia. It is not Stephen. The other the other is Alyssa Camplin who got a gold and a bronze. One of these guys is an, an icon of sport. And if we get him on this show, we win the world. Dale Big. Dale Begg Smith, a gold and silver medalist. Come How on, Australia. This is my sport. How did I not instantly think of that? Because, again, it's weird. We sort of associate him as being Canadian still here. Uh, Jared, think hard. You'll get, the, you'll, get the, you'll get the female one. She was a gold medalist Snowboarding? in Vancouver. Yeah. Silver medalist oh. in uh, Tora Bright. Tora Bright. Exactly. Bright like a diamond. Gold and silver uh, for her. I just I just love these little stats. In terms of uh, in terms of summer, anyone want to hedge a bet of who our most successful? You should know this one, Jared. Everyone knows this one, don't they, in Australia? Do they? Well. well. <laughs> Everybody but Jared. <laughs> Colin, you'd even know this one. I reckon if you just put a name out right now, you'd probably get it right. Thorpe? Yeah. Thorpey. Five gold, three silver, and a bronze, and only two Olympics as well, because he only ever went to two. I beat Jared. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's our second most successful then, Colin? <laughs> uh, that other oh, swimmer. Tidmus. Tidmus. He's only won the two. Um, we're not Canada. Uh, Dawn Fraser with eight medals, uh, four gold, four silver. Uh, Libby Trickett third, uh, four gold, one silver, two bronze um and outside of our swimmers betty cuthbert athletics uh, she's in fifth shirley strickland so, in ninth and rower drew gin 
is uh, 12th. And equestrian Andrew Hoy, there he is. 13th on our list. And field hockey, Rochelle Hawks, great legend of the sport. Sorry, Colin. Yes, hello. So hold on. So this is most medals by a summer athlete, right? Uh, well, well, an yes. Olympian in general. because Most medals? Our winter athletes have only won two at maximum. So uh, they're not making the top, you yeah. know. And how many did Thorpe have? Thorpe's got nine in total. So we got five gold, three silver, and a bronze. So Penny could potentially beat even Thorpe by the end of these games, which would give Canada ultimate bragging rights. Well, actually, I will say that if I sort it by medal, so Liesl Jones actually has equal the amount He's of... speechless. <laughs> Clearly, I'm cutting out. This is great. Um, Liesl Jones has the same <laughs> amount as Thorpe in terms of nine. So that commentary box is stacked, Jared. It is. And there's Basil with his goose egg of an Olympic medal, but one mayorship. So that's well, exactly. for something. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't think Thorpe and uh, Lisa can walk down the street with their Olympic medals and run the city of Perth, can they? So, you know, like, come on. Um, all right, let's go over some Australian results. I don't know what is happening right now. I feel like I'm being laughed at. But sure, we'll just... Uh, you know what pretend- we should do, Jared? <laughs> I don't know if Ben could hear us, but just to mess with them, let's just start every once in a while freezing in place and go, uh, uh, and just see if he catches on. <laughs> See, the thing is, it's beautiful about this is some of this you'd think I'd edit out and the other part is that they're completely normal to me for some reason. Uh, and they're just making the, the fun The struggles of, of a daily podcast, no time for editing. <laughs> exactly. God, like you think I, I do editing on like our weekly ones, but uh, yeah, it's, it's not quite the same. Um, so for Australia today, I mean, right now as we're talking, it's still one all in the hockey. Uh, we can't like tie with New Zealand. I mean, my goodness. Um, in turn, we, Australia won the basketball. The Boomers showed the Opals how it's done. It was actually a very close game. I don't know if you caught much of it, Jared, but 86-83 against Italy. So uh, that would put us in good stead to going through to the quarterfinals. Should mention the US did bounce back slightly from choking against France. 120-66 to against uh, Canada's traditional rivals of Iran. So uh, there you go. Um, in the beach volleyball... Uh, bad news for McHugh and Schumann in the men's. Uh, they were beaten by Herrera and Gavira of Spain. 2-0. I believe they have been eliminated. But good news for the women. Uh, Del Sola, Atacho and Clancy beat the Italians. So uh, those traditional beach goers of Italy. So uh, good news going on in there. Um, bit of a bad day for Australia in boxing, unfortunately. Caitlin Parker, a uh, silver medalist at the Commonwealth Games, uh, she was routed by Athena Panbylon of Panama. That sounds the- filthy, Ben. Well, yeah, know how I work. Uh, in the women's bit, wait till you hear our commentary soon. You'll really understand how I work. <laughs> um, she w- she went out sadly in the round of sixteen. Uh, Paolo Alco Alcouso uh, went out in the round of sixteen in the men's light heavy to Spain's Gazimag Jaliv Gaforo. And the real sad one. It was of such a tight bout. I watched all of it, and ah, oh, so close. Uh, Sky Nicholson sadly out in the quarterfinals. She lost to Britons. Uh, Karis Artingsoul in a 3-2 split decision and uh, might bring up Sky at one point again in this uh, this episode because her, her interview was heartbreaking. Uh, in the men's and women's uh, canoe, this is, of course, the... Uh, is it the C1 today, I believe, Jared? The first time that the women have had the C1. Uh, our golden hope, no pressure on you, Jess. Uh, qualified fifth uh, for the semifinals. I believe she was second after the first round and then went down to fifth. And in the men's, uh, Lucien Delfort, I believe, was uh, second fastest. So, uh, 
There you go. All the pressure on Jess. Meanwhile, the men are showing and how it's done, apparently. Uh, so <laughs> get up there, Lucian. I like that name, Lucian. Uh, as I said, the hockey right now, it is currently one all, but the women uh, remain undefeated. The hockey ruse, they had a nice one nothing win over Japan today. Uh, Australia out in the men's football, sadly. So again, the women showing how it's done in that one. Um, in the judo, Aofi Coughlin won her round of 32 bout, but then was eliminated in the round of 16 to a German. So um, sad, sad. No, no, Canadian... Uh, judokas today, Colin, not looking good for them. No, I mean, I mean, it's it's the sport of the future, not the sport of the present. <laughs> Freak <laughs> results, but hey, if we pull off another one, then wow, something is in the water in the 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 judo compound there at uh, Tokyo Village. Uh, it might have been a great day for rowing today, but it wasn't after all the finals because none of our rowers have qualified for any of the finals tomorrow. So uh, we'll be not tuning in early on. In the rugby, as we bragged about before, Australia finished seventh in the men's. Yoo-hoo! 26-7 over Canada in the seventh place playoff. We lost to South Africa to not go for fifth. So, oh, well. Sailing, as Colin mentioned, it's happening. Um <laughs> Can't tell you much more than that. Um, in terms of swimming, uh, decent day, though, ahead for some interesting finals happening tomorrow. Uh, Kyle Chalmers did qualify for the men's 100 metres, the defending champion, of course. Don't really think anyone's got high hopes for him going back-to-back, but it's good to get him in there as well. Uh, Jack McLaughlin is uh, the seventh fastest for the 800-metre freestyle there. The big one here, though, uh, I think I made fun of his name a few days ago, but uh, Zach Stubbardly Cook... Uh, what a name. I, just love, I, this guy's that. I name. love that name. Um, <laughs> apparently the number one ranked uh, swimmer in the men's 200 meter back uh, breaststroke. And he's the fastest qualifier for this tomorrow. So you wait for all the pressure that we labeled on him tomorrow until he gets a silver. So go for him. Uh, Brenna Throssell uh, is the seventh fastest in the 200 meter butterfly. And our women, the four by 200 relay fastest qualifier through, uh, Kate Campbell apparently pulled out of this one or something. Uh, but good news for Kate. She qualified through for the semis of the uh, the 100 meter, as did Penny. They were in the same heat, Colin. I don't know if you caught those two swimming against mm-hmm. each other. Uh, do we also want to... Yes, yes. That was a question. Can we also just uh, lay to rest my girl Katinka here? Uh, I think oh, she's do done... We have to? <laughs> oh, we have to. That's the. Oh, I don't know. Jamie. Jamie really has a grudge against this woman. I don't know whether she's. She's now. I'm with decided- Jamie. I don't get that. I don't get. I don't get the appeal. Oh, I love Katinka, but uh, Jamie now has determined that what she doesn't like about Katinka's face is that she looks like she has a superhero body but a munchkin face, which I don't quite see. Um, but <laughs> I often get told that my about me. So what can I say? The, you know, you you talk about how how cruel the Australian commentators are. Like the Canadian swimming commentators they're definitely a lot more generous like even with Ledecky uh you know they were basically saying it's like oh well Ledecky obviously just conserving her energy because her her more important race and longer race is coming up with Katinka it's like they take every possible shot they can at her it's like oh I don't know what has happened to this woman this is not the Katinka that we saw even one year ago let alone five years ago she is done she is out bury her (laughs) they're just really hating on she's Hungarian I'm I'm the only Katinka fan in the world, I think, at this point. Uh, Breaking news, the U.S. have won the women's 3x3. So uh, congratulations, uh, USA. 
Uh, tennis, again, I want to talk about this in just a second with you, Jared, but it wasn't a very good day for most of Australia. Uh, Sammy Stozer and Perez went out uh, in straight sets to uh, Bencic and Golbic. Now, I want to say, you talk about curses. I know I mentioned I've interviewed Barty and Stozer. I've interviewed Bencic too. So, I mean, there was always one that was going to make it through, and she's in the singles and the doubles, Jared. So, you know, so you're not saying me. she's going to lose both of her semifinals and finish yep. fourth. <laughs> She will. Now that I've said that out loud, uh, she will. Um, sadly, the uh, Storm Sanders Barty party is over. I caught uh, most of that one. They won the first set against the uh, Czech number one seed, but uh, lost in the super tiebreaker. I like how they call it that. Um, but Barty has another chance to be eliminated in the quarters uh, as she is through in the mixed doubles with John Piers. Uh, they beat Argentina's uh, Poroska and Zabalos. But the big talk, Nick Chista, of all people, messaged me to say, to say, like, what the hell? We've got a doubles pair in the semis of tennis. Like, even New Zealand is shocked by uh, Venus and Danielle going through here. I mean, with a name like Venus, you've got to be good at tennis. But uh, just, just quickly on the tennis. I mean, Novak also went through. We should mention that. Um, what are your thoughts on the tennis where we're at right now? Because, I mean, particularly on the women's side of things, that's very interesting how that's looking. It is. It feels like, I mean, uh, uh, kind of I, uh, typical women's tennis that um, most of the seeds have uh, bombed out early. Um, but really, it could go any which way. The fact, like, Svitolina's looking like the favourite there based on ranking, but um, it really feels like anything can happen there. I'm just so, I'm just still getting over the doubles and the fact that we had two pairs in the quarterfinals on opposite sides of the draw. The fact that if both of them won, we were guaranteed a medal of some description. Both of them lost. You say the Yopro Mojo is over. <laughs> I don't think it counts with Chalmers in like the team's events. Like these curses are more so individual because even the Campbell sisters won medals in, in the team events. So um, <laughs> the, the Yopro Mojo is really on Ash Buddy's back in the doubles. <laughs> Wow. I'm not yeah, expecting so- much out of that. Well, I mean, they're up against uh, the Greek combo in the mix next. So um, that may not go the way we want it to go. Which we could have been up against the Canadian pair that lost because the Greeks beat the Canadians. So, uh, yeah, the number two seeds there in uh, Sakari and Sipak. I'm not even going to bother with that one. Um, but just looking at the women's draw, so Bencic and Ribank- Rabakina and Selina and Von Drost of the Czech Republic. Um, so, I mean, I've heard of Bencic because I've interviewed her. Um, and in the men's, uh, Novak, I mean, look, this is actually a decent quarterfinal against uh, K. Nishikori. Fucking hell, Ben. I know his name, Nishikori. I got it right that time, didn't I? Thank you. Um, sort of. Oh, and Australia's just hit the post in the hockey. Jesus. Sorry, uh, just to be distracted. Um, but you've still Are we got... Are uh, pick sides in Nishikori and... Um- Djokovic. Oh, Djokovic. Come on. I'm, I'm team Djokovic. I'm you guys can be on the Haterade. No way. I love, I love all Joker. All day, any day. Whoever's against Djokovic all day, any day. Oh, screw you all. <laughs> I this don't mind Djokovic. Nishikori is just like, I don't know. He's like the flash on the court. I just love to watch the guy move. Um, but Is this a shock to have a New Zealand pair in the men's doubles? Like in the semi? What the fuck, New Zealand? You're not good at tennis. <laughs> I don't know if you, you know think what? New not Zealand's really, good at anything. <laughs> Like Michael Venus has been around for a while and like he generally does well in double event doubles events. So it's not too out there. I actually think, if I'm not mistaken, uh is Michael Venus from 
Southland. No, he's from Auckland. Because there was there was a when I lived there, there was a, a doubles player from where I was from, and they always talked him up. Is it Marcus Daniel? No, okay, must be another one. Maybe I'm just making that up. But uh, Croatia is guaranteed of a medal. They've got uh, two pairs in equal sides of the draw there, so that's interesting. Um, I see Novak's uh, not playing the doubles, but he's playing the mixed doubles. I didn't realise that Novak was a sharer. I didn't realise he liked to play doubles, Jared. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um... Drafted him in last minute. Let's hope if he does win a medal, that's where it comes from. <laughs> Doesn't count the Golden uh, Grand Slam if you win it in doubles, right? Uh, and no. also in the, I should say, in the women. So, yeah, Belinda Bencic and Victoria Gulbic of Switzerland who beat Stoza uh, and the other one. Uh, and Barbara, I'm not even going to try and say the Czechs. They beat uh, Sanders and Barty up against uh, Rock. Gosh, just quick little mention. I, I've talked up how Philippines, Turkmenistan, Philippines and um, Bermuda won their first gold. Obviously, Turkmenistan won their very first Olympics. I feel like we've undersold uh, Rock. They've won their very first ever Olympic medals in these Olympics. So, uh, Rock's very overachieved <laughs> these Olympics. Like, I mean, they've finally broken through for their first medals. So, yeah, keep missing the. Rock. The medal presentations, and I'm upset because I want to hear Tchaikovsky play, and I yeah. just keep missing it. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, actually, I keep forgetting about that. Um, let's go to. I usually go to what we watch. Let's go to athlete of the day now because I feel like this got a bit uh, heated yesterday. So uh, maybe oh, we need to. Uh, uh, I want to do this athlete of the day, and then we're going to go to our commentary. I haven't gotten about our commentary, but uh, all right, Colin, hit me up with yours. And uh, is this is this one from like five Olympics ago, or somebody that you <laughs> think that uh, you're in with a lock, and we're just going to shoot it down? No, uh, well, I, I'm actually let, let's let's talk about Simone Biles for a second because it's not going to be her. Uh, but uh, I I don't want to knock Simone Biles for us. I actually I applaud somebody who is willing to step away, who's maybe been pressured. Because I, I think if we really look at what the full story is, it's actually very similar to Penny Alexiak. You know, there was basically the pressure of you are this team, we can't do this without you. And just from what I gather, I think that. Uh, she probably wasn't feeling ready to compete in Tokyo uh, or wasn't feeling mentally able to compete in Tokyo. And they basically said, well, we can't have it without Simone Biles. You are the Olympics, not just gymnastics. You are the Olympics. She wasn't performing the way she thought she would. She thought she'd cost them a medal. So she pulls herself out. I applaud that. What bothers me is all the attention is still on Simone Biles, even though she wasn't in the event. And that's not a knock against her. That's a knock against the media, not just American media, every media. I mean, Canada is still Simone Biles pulls out. Australia is too. Oh, I'm sure it's everywhere. And meanwhile, this Jordan Childs, who was an alternate and just reading up a little bit on her story, she was basically out of gymnastics and, you you know, she'd competed. She hadn't had a lot of success. She's like, I'm done with this. And the offer was given for her to come and kind of train with Simone Biles and sort of work as her number two to be her alternate. And she took it up and they're like apparently very good friends. Simone decides to pull out of this. Uh, and Jordan, who is basically immediately up to the event that she cacked on in uh, qualifying, which was the, the bars. They say, okay, you're in, you're going, this is the one that you failed on. This is why you're not on the team in the first place. You're up. Simone's out, you're in. And she goes in there and she nails it and pretty much nails every other event. I mean, you know, there's some talk about whether or not she cost them in the, the final floor exercise or whatever. And that's why they end up being silver. But the fact is the whole reason Simone Biles was pressured into being in the, the Olympics in the first place was because we can't do this without Simone Biles. She pulls out and 
they held the gold position all the way up until the end and still won a silver. And I'm going to give it to Jordan Childs today. Somebody needs to give credit to Jordan Childs for stepping up, especially after her performance didn't warrant her being in there in the first place, and essentially kept them almost in Simone Biles' territory. Well, let's just uh, point out the obvious fact that once again, Colin, that event happened yesterday, so therefore she is ineligible to be the nominated media attention for today. Of the Come day on. today. See, this, this gets so confusing because for me it was today, you know? <laughs> Sorry, Colin. Sorry. It happened but I have after, to... Can we make the exception since it happened after the episode? No. Uh, uh. <laughs> I like again. You sell it so well. You've had two really great ones that I would probably agree with. But again, it was yesterday. We just uh, we need is... to get in the same time zone here. This is getting so complicated. Um, Jared, uh, anyone from today that you would like to nominate? <laughs> um, you know what? I don't really have an athlete of the day today. Wow, a day that Australia wins seven medals. You just think now. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen better. Look, I, I, the couple of eyes that I want to put up, I, I, I legitimately want to put the whole Argentinian uh, rugby team up just for their emotions. Like it was so amazing. Not that's not a spoiler. It's just for emotions, right? They're just emotional people, Colin. <laughs> uh, just their emotions. Uh, outside of that, I mean. Penny is a, a special one just because she's broken this record for Summer Olympics. I thought that was pretty uh, prominent. Uh, didn't even mention the silver medalist in that 200-meter freestyle event. Siobhan Hawhey, is that how you say him? Howhey? Uh, Hong Hi. Kong's first ever swimming medalist. So I think that's pretty prominent. Um, or the other one I was going to put up. Actually, the two that I'm going to put up, I'll, I'll let you two decide because Colin's obviously been disqualified. Jared doesn't have one. I'm and putting I've got, up. I've got one. I've got a substitute if you don't say it. All right. Uh, well, I'm putting out Christoph Malak. Uh, that was just, my substitute. <laughs> just because Mr. Stoneface Hungarian, who shows us how happy Hungarians are. But I legitimately do want to nominate Sky Nicholson because I just watch her interview. Like, just she's literally in tears. Like, she's so distraught that she lost this match. She was so thoughtful that she was going to win a gold and everything. And, like, I have to actually give really props to whoever the interviewer was on Channel 7 with her because, like, I've seen when Ariane broke down crying the other day, sort of uh, what's his face, so we didn't really know how to react. Um, you had the rower who broke down today, which was great. And even like the, the guy there was just kind of like, oh, yeah, no, it's all right, love. You're all right. You're all right. Like, but this female, whoever she was interviewing, like she was just so professional and so supportive of Sky Nicholson. Like she's just basically like, like a Sky Nicholson's apologizing. She's like, I'm so sorry I let everyone down. She's like, don't be stupid. You don't have to apologize. You've done Australia so proud. Your story is amazing. You're so good. You keep, like, you keep your chin up, love. Like, it was just, and like, I just felt so bad for Sky Nicholson because just the, the pre- and it was a tight fought bout. Like, could have gone either way. So I feel like I'm going to be outvoted here just because Colin's on board with, uh, with Christoph. But I, I don't know, Jared, maybe you are the deciding vote here. I feel like I disappointed Colin yesterday. So, <laughs> and just because I, the, the, I mean, Hungarians being angry has such a history on this show. So um, I think it has to be Christoph. Okay. All and right. Do we, do we, we haven't even talked about, but the reasoning behind his reaction, has anybody heard that? I have not. Please inform so us. Not only did he win gold, not only did he sit an Olympic record, but he was expecting to set the world record. So he becomes the first athlete ever to have open disappointment that he won a gold and set an Olympic record just because it was not the world record. That makes me love him even more. That's a well, competitive let, guy. 
let's be honest. You know, we should be thrilled that we were named in the top four Olympic podcasts according to... Um, yeah, Australia's got another one. Sorry, we're 3-1 up now. Stick it up, you hockey sticks, New Zealand. Um, but, you know, we, we were disappointed that we weren't in the top three. So, you know, there was that. I was going to bring up Simone Biles, but, like, she's been talked about too much today. Like, Jared, do you have anything to add on Simone pulling out of the Olympics? Uh, not really. I feel slightly sorry for her because I can imagine... It'd be bad enough to be the face of your sport, but she literally is like the face of like the Olympics, like any like official, like Olympic news or media or like the official, like Olympic website or advertising. She's just kind of like everywhere. So just imagine the pressure of just, I think being like an Australian swimmer of like a Campbell sister (laughs) being like (laughs) the poster child for your sport, but then being the poster child of the Olympics is just on a whole nother level. Um, it was, but I do hope that we get to see like the the media kind of backs down from it a bit, and we do get to see her compete at some stage in one of the individual um, apparatus finals. The um the thing that I'd sort of heard mainly was it like Colin, Colin, as you were kind of pointing out before, like I think she kind of trained herself to peak for last year, and then kind of obviously because it got delayed, it was sort of it was difficult. But um, yeah, like. I, I agree completely with you, Jared. It was similar to, um, I, I can't remember his name, but the, the Chinese, uh, the hurdler, that was kind of like the face of Beijing that he basically, what, pulled out in the heat and ran off. And you just, I remember those images of just the crowd, like so shocked. I mean, that would have been like if Kathy Freeman had have pulled out of the heats in Sydney, um, you know, or, or yeah, like Sydney Crosby all of a sudden, you know, pulled out after one round of, of Vancouver well, or something like that, you know, like. Like we should, we also should talk about how unprecedented this is. It, it's not unusual to have people like we've had swimmers even here in Tokyo who just decided to pull out of an event before it really started because of like, oh, I need to focus on this. Uh, but we're talking about the finals, one of the main events of the Olympics, and she pulls out in the middle of the event. We're mm-hmm. talking about the star of it, and she pulls out because she's like, you know, I'm going to cost us a medal here which it's it's a selfless act. Again, it's a media thing that bothers me more than uh, what she did. Uh, but I don't know if this has ever happened before. Have we ever had an event of this size where in the finals, somebody says, you know what, I'm done. I'm going home. I mean, I famously I mean, she, not, of... I mean, she stayed there and she cheered on the team, not literally going home. But I mean, I don't think I've ever seen this before. I famously put out of Olympic contention to give other people a chance because I would have won plenty of golds in my career. So, I mean, I was very selfless in doing that, Colin. Does that count? Yeah, that's why you're not in the rowing <laughs> with Kaylee Filmer. <laughs> the, the one, actually, the one thing that was um, interesting, kind of on that note, similar page, but not really. But um, Jared, I'm sure you saw on the Channel Seven coverage this morning in the 200 IM for the women that they subtly mentioned about a hundred times that Kaylee McEwen was the number one ranked swimmer in this event in the world. But she decided to, she qualified for the Olympics, but she decided to say, yeah, no, I'm not going to do that one. Um, I'm going to just concentrate on the 100 back, which obviously works. She won the gold. But I did love the fact that um, when uh, Yuyoshi won, that they basically had to point out that, oh, her time was about the same as Kaylee's best time this year. So probably Kaylee would have won the gold. Um, so it's just like subtle little I was going to make a joke and say, I bet you that they were like, you know what? We might as well just claim this as a gold for ourselves. They basically did that. But they in the entire race, like you've got this, you know, great swim by the hometown hero. And they're basically going, oh, remember Kaylee McEwen could have been in this event. She's the number one ranked swimmer in this event in the world this year. It's like, get over it. Even Kaylee McEwen didn't didn't have a Kaylee lineup instead of a world record line. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
That is a very good point. Um, before we get to what we watch and uh, the things, I should really play our commentary for the day. Um, this is an interesting one. Let's just say that. We, we decided to try our hand at badminton today. And let's just say that badminton isn't the easiest sport to commentate on. And let's just say one of us gets very inappropriate. Jared, I was disgusted in you. Like, this is disgusting. Why did you get so inappropriate? Yeah, I'm getting a bad reputation on this show. All right. Uh, Colin, anything to say before we play the clip? Yeah, you know, uh, you've heard commentary just from me and Ben. You've heard commentary from me, Ben, and Jared. But we have a surprise cameo uh, of somebody who comes in to help us commentate this one, which I think made it particularly exciting. All right. Let's uh, do this now. Let's play our uh, badminton commentary that we recorded earlier. Thanks, Ben, and welcome to the Mushani Forest Plaza Court 1, or as they're calling it here in Tokyo, the Coccasium for this round-robin match in badminton between Fei Yu Chen of China and Yejit Neslan of Turkey. Traditional rivals in badminton, badminton and Turkey. That makes no sense. I meant China. <laughs> And Turkey. I'm so excited by the badminton today that I can't even speak properly. The, the People's I'm, Republic of Badminton just pe- missed out on this finale, just for clarification. They did. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you for that clarification. That voice you did just hear as I was about to introduce him is the former number nine mixed doubles player from Eritrea, Colin Hilding. Colin, thank you very much for joining. It's a pleasure to have you next to me in the commentary box today. Uh, thank you, and thank you for also being my partner in those mixed doubles. It's, it's my pleasure. Uh, and also joining us is uh, a guy who's never watched a game of badminton in his life, but for some reason joined us today. I don't know why. It's Jared Lubick. Jared, what the hell are you doing here? Oh, well, you've got to um, appeal to the common man, and most people haven't watched badminton in a day in their life, so I'm just representing them. Well, I'm glad that you have, because when it comes to the common man, particularly in the People's Republic of China, they everyone just badmintons. You walk down the street in Beijing, they're playing badminton. You walk down the streets in Shanghai, playing badminton. Kidnapped by the communist regime, you play badminton. It's just everywhere you go. And as for Turkey, I, I hear that due to the success here of Neslihan, I mean, the streets of Istanbul have just been going crazy. Colin, as a badminton expert yourself, I mean, what, what does it mean to a country like Turkey to have a hero like Neslihan? Uh, well, actually, it doesn't mean that much because they're all heroes in Turkey. Uh, as you said, badminton is everywhere. It's all over the streets. They do it in the delivery room during births. Uh, so the guy who served the coffee this morning um, for the judges uh, also was an all-star badminton player. It's just luck of the draw. Jared, for yourself, someone who's never watched this sport, what do you expect? I mean, what's your knowledge of badminton? I know you're a big tennis fan, but is, is badminton kind of the redheaded stepchild of the racket sports family, and this is something that you just want to mock at when you're watching this today? Yeah, it's clearly the easiest sport, a lot less prestigious. Um, Take a step com- back, Jared. People complain about tennis being in the Olympics, but um, seem to overlook this sport, but... Um, I suppose that's why, because they forget that it's actually in the Olympics, so they can't complain that it's there. Well, let's take a look at our players here. Neslihan Yujit, born in the esteemed city of Bursa in Turkey. And uh, what a, what an absolute icon of the sport she is in her country. Uh, she has just done wonders for the sport in Turkey. And she cannot walk down the streets without being at least harassed by seven men. But generally, that's a Turkish thing anyway. Uh, her hobbies include spending time with her family and friends. And she actually is a teacher outside of playing badminton. So good is she at badminton that she teaches herself how to play. That's how she rolls. But when it comes to Yufei Chen, 
former number one player in the world. She's that bloody good. Uh, she, of course, is from the esteemed city of Hangzhou in China. You think Beijing loves their badminton. Hangzhou, it's it's called the city of badminton for a reason. Uh, her occupation is an athlete, which is a bit of a weird thing to do if you are a badminton player. And uh, her coach, Wang Lin, is known as the Iron Man slash Lady of Badminton. Seriously, what a person they are. Colin, again, you've, you've known these players for quite some time. I believe you used to train uh, young Chen here back in the day when she first yes. started as she was a baby. Yeah, and uh, funny story, she actually got into the sport by accident. Uh, she was looking into joining a bird watching club and accidentally joined a birdie mashing club. And that's how badminton started for her common mistake i believe in some countries out there jared i mean i think that's how you stumbled into the commentary box you thought you were bird watching but then you realized you were watching badminton it's true there's a lot of similarities between the two well i for one thought i was watching porn i saw the word cock but then sadly i got into a badminton commentary booth but that's another story but we're seeing here the players warming up uh colin give us a bit of a a mentality into the brains of a badminton player during the warm-up here i mean we're seeing neslahan doing a bit of a jiggly jiggly as uh, we see our umpire here jacob sinberg known as the danish uh, the danish wanker so we'll see to see if he lives up to their mm -hmm. reputation but what the warm-up there how important is that as we're about to get underway here uh, not terribly important, which is why they're about to get underway right now. The warm-up is minimal. Then they're well, off. Look at that. Wow, it comes out of nowhere. Now, the first point here, Colin, uh, is it important to win the first point, or does it really not matter? It doesn't matter. Let's be honest. I mean, even as a former badminton player myself, nobody understands this sport. So uh, the judges themselves are probably going to get lost and just make up a score by the end. Chen off to a great start there by forcing the unforced error there by Yajit. And as you can see there, Yajit wearing the traditional Turkish ponytail, which is a common aspect of Turkish badminton. Mm. But and Chen's also controversial because it uh, does give you an aerodynamic advantage at times when you try to get airborne. Chen leading this one as expected and oh she gets a bit of a crap shot there into the net and uh, we're getting a lot of unforced errors in this game. Colin how common are unforced errors in badminton? Uh, more common than you would think uh, but less common than you would hope for. Jared uh, would you compare an unforced error in tennis to badminton or is it more of a actual unforced error in one sport to another? Um, well, considering badminton itself is just an unforced error, I think the advantage has to go to uh, this sport. Shade from Jared Lubick there. I love it. Yajit takes the lead here as uh, Chen, the former number one player in the world, has gotten off to a bit of a shit start, let's be honest. But, and uh, you can hear the cheering section above me as uh, several children are getting very worked up over this well, already. I'm glad you did point that out because badminton is all about the kids. The kids absolutely love badminton. They just love grabbing their rackets and hitting cocks. Let's be honest. It's a huge thing for kids these days. As Yajit hits the cock and oh, it's just gone out there. Oh. Chen, another one there. Colin, bit of a surprise here. Chen off to a bad start. Not a surprise for me as uh, Chen was once a protege of mine, remember? Well, let's be honest. You only did make it to number nine and in Eritrea, so... Not that good, but you did. Protégé surpasses the master. When I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master, is what Chen said to me this morning. Now Chen hits that one over to Yujit. Back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. Oh, oh. that's a big fourth. Oh. oh, the back oh. got there and a smash down there from Chen. She's backing. She's fourthing. And Chen's really pulling up the power there, known for her power moves. And oh, she goes for the high lob. She goes for the low lob. She hits it up. She hits it down. I don't know which one's which, but I'm losing concentration right because that guy the in the background. Here. Sorry, that volunteer there in the background moved slightly, so I wasn't sure what hey, he was doing. Hey, you know what? 
Uh, there is an unusual glare on the court today that seems to be following the players around uh, that I believe may have obstructed the view. Mm, laser pointer from somebody in the crowd there. Mm-hmm. Um, big Chinese fan, um, not a fan of um, Nestle. Just, uh, Colin, when it comes to choosing a cock, as we just saw you do there, is there, is there a routine around choosing a cock or is it just about a matter of which cock looks best? Well, typically you want to grab one that uh, is uh, robust, um, stout, and uh, tastes good on a sandwich. That's how they do like it in China. As Yajit all into the net once again. And Yajit off to a great start here, but uh, she's lost a point there. So it's 4-2. Yajit leading, of course, first to 21 in badminton, as it is commonly known. Often taught in all the schools around the world. Yajit still serving here. Notice she's going for the watch. Mm-hmm which I'm unsure of why. Actually, I'll correct myself. Chen serves. Of course, the person who wears the watch does receive. I should know that. Yajit, back to Chen. Yajit, Chen. Yajit, Chen. Oh, no. Chen decided to leave that because it went out. And Yajit, she's speaking there very firmly to herself, calling herself a massive idiot for missing that shot. Which is exactly what I was about to call her, but it's always more appropriate for athletes to call themselves than commentators. Now, Chin going for the traditional Chinese badminton stance, commonly known. Oh, and a big high serve there. Back to Yajit, to Chen. Yajit. Oh, and again to that same area. She puts her hand up and says, hey, can I please have a glass of water? But the the referee said, okay, yes, you can, but let's review your shot at the same time. Colin, how does this work? He had the laser pointer. Did you see that? I did. The fix is in. Controversial, but we'll see this. What's your call here, Jared? Was this in or out? Going to see it now anyway. Oh, it looks to be out. No, it's in. Oh, it's hit the line. Um, I'd say in based well, on... Uh, <laughs> the replay? <laughs> the Hawkeye and Tennis, um, is there a name for the review system in badminton? I believe it is called Eagle Eye. Uh... Possibly. I could be making that up. Colin, as the expert here, is it Golden Eye, different? question mark? Golden Eye. Actually, you might be correct with that one, Jared. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, you'll never know when they watch you from the shadows as a child was the technical name for it, but it's lovingly known as Goldeneye just because it's simpler to say. And as they often say in badminton, of course, I am invincible. Now, 6-3 lead here to Yajit. She's uh, getting a bit of a gap now. She grabs another cock, and she likes the look of this cock. She's holding it firmly, rubbing it slightly. That's always a good sign when you rub the cock in badminton. Mm-hmm. Just... You don't want to be too rough with it because uh, they do have feelings too, the cocks. They do. Now, Yajit gets ready. She's almost adopting the Chinese. Oh, a little flick there. Clever there from Yajit. She flicks it back to Chen. Yeah, Chen back to Yajit. Mind games are very common in the sport. Oh, and once again, she goes for that lovely little corner, but this time she gets it in firmly. So firmly with the cock there, 7-3. to three. Bit of a boil over here happening perhaps, Colin. Uh, I wouldn't count Chen out at this point um, because there are many tricks up Chen's sleeve that I have taught over the years, uh, one of which may be pulling out a baseball bat and clubbing the opponent to the head. Which is a common thing in most of China. That one, And again, out. the judges are all intoxicated at this point, so uh, you, you run the risk of getting caught with a penalty, but most of the time they're too bombed to even notice. That one went out there from Yujit, so it's a point there to Chen. And you, you're talking about uh, the kids loving this sport. Don't the fans here at the Olympic Games listen to the crowd? Just I mean, let's just take a moment to listen to the crowd here. Going off, 
just going off. Still sounds like screaming children to me, but uh, could just be my section of the court here. We are separated for social distancing purposes. Jared, from what you've experienced here at the Olympic Games in Tokyo, have you seen a more raucous crowd than you have right here at the badminton? I haven't. It's got to be very distracting for the players out there. Another unforced error from Yajit, and, uh, well, you just said, Colin, that Chen's not out of this one. She's back to within a point. It's 7-6 right now with the serve. She just strokes the cock slightly and gets ready for it. Hits the cock up high. Yajit smacks Ooh. the cock back. Chen with the cock. Yajit. Chen. Yajit. Chen. Yajit. She badmintons. She badmintons back. She cocks it back. She badmintons. She over badmintons. Under badmintons. Sideways badmintons. Oh, high badminton up there. Chen for the overhead smash. Can't quite get it there with Yajit. Yajit back over and it's going to go out again. She just, she can't keep it in, Colin. She can't keep the cock, cock in. Yeah, that cock is flying wild right now. Um, and <laughs> that does tend to happen every once in a while. Cocks get a little overly excited there on the court. Jared, as a tennis fan, I mean, this is almost Ash Barty-esque from Yajit. It is, and it looks like they're just going for extra style points from the big air. Of course, the um, coaches can step in and replace their players at any time in badminton. Common occurrence. Well, Chen, meanwhile, has pulled a Yajit and hit it too far, and she acknowledges that she did suck at that shot. Looks into the camera, says hi to her mum. That's nice. Good to see there. The mm. Chen, obviously, doesn't call nah, me to see I, her family. I believe she actually said, I suck mom, is what she was saying, not hi, mom. All oh, right. See, I, I I didn't understand the Mandarin there. I'm glad because you obviously trained her. Just on the left there, you can see the uh, the line judge. He's loving life at the moment there. That's Greg, the uh, the famous badminton line judge. And, and Greg is just oh, yeah. an excitable personality. <laughs> Loves this sport as much as the crowd does. Uh, should mention there, though, that Chen gets it all tied up here, Colin. Eight all. And listen to the crowd. Listen to the Chinese oh. contingent go off with that one. Wow. They've calmed down very quickly. Um, oh, Daddy! oh, a child has wandered on the court and is looking for his father. Did That's you hear that? That is crazy that as soon as you say that, the the, the the Chinese contingent just need to find their dad. We thought she was saying hi to her mum, but I think it's the other way around. Somebody get some help for that child. Meanwhile, Chen has taken the lead for the first time in this match. She has a serve. She hits, goes for the high lob, as Jared mentioned before. Yajit back. Back to Chen. Chen goes for the smash. Yajit back. Yajit. Oh, and Yajit gets in the shit. And she puts it down. Another unforced error for her. And Chen now with a two-point lead, Colin Hilding. Wow, the crowd is going nuts tonight. Uh, this is a real barn burner. Slobber knocker, you might even call it. And the crowd is worked up as the badminton's still going back and forth. They're just waiting for one of these birdies to fly and hit them in the face. Yajit back to Chen. Chen goes for the sideward sway. Oh, and again she hits it out, Yajit, and oh, she is not happy. Jared, Yajit is just not handling that cock well tonight. She is, and I would have liked to see Goldeneye on that one. Um, but I think the strategy of back and forth, back and forth, somebody may have to pull out a fifth if they want to um, end up winning this event. Now, there's got a drink breaks here, and Yajit's coach is really angry. He's saying, you've let me down, child. You have let yeah. me down. If you lose this match, you will be going to live back on the streets. You suck. You suck. Hit that cock well. Hit it well. And she's nodding in agreement, so she knows she sucks. She really does. She really does suck at the cock. She really needs to prove her skills better with the cock. Really, really pressuring her into And now it. they've moved on past degrading her, and he's asking what she wants to have with lunch. Do you want fries? Uh, do you want... 
grape soda, Turkish Sprite, delight, some baklava. Turkish delight. Chen's not even things. thinking food. That is how you get in the game. Don't worry about the lunch. Well, this is how, how good Chen is. She doesn't even have a coach. She coaches herself. You taught her so well, she doesn't need a coach. Well, actually, she fired me for uh, showing up late, uh, sleeping in frequently, and also not understanding the rules of badminton. She caught on to that, and uh, I was gone very quickly. That mm -hmm. small child in the stadium is angry. Sorry, Jared. Uh, just no, I was going to say, bringing out. your kids to the court may have had something to do with That's it. That's the big issue, yes, is one of them is turning to the Incredible Hulk right now. Uh, that does disrupt the flow of the game. Now Chen goes to the smash. You jit back. Chen. You jit. Chen. You jit. Chen. You jit. Chen. Oh, that's going to go out. No, you jit hits it. Chen. You jit. Hi. Oh, Chen. You jit. Chen. You jit! Chen! You jit! Chen! You jit! Chen! Oh, I can't handle this! This is the greatest round I've ever seen! Oh, you jit! Oh! Oh, the coach is off! Look at him! Wow! This is sport and it's finest! suck there, you jit! Jared Lee really helped her. I can't even say your name! Who knew the pressure of going back to live on the streets would um, induce such a fantastic oh. performance? Sorry, Jared Lubik, Jared Lee Book. I don't know what I was saying there. Um, you have earned that Turkish delight, you jit. Oh, Just really? keep it up. There's a reason why this sport is so big and huge. Um, good, good also to see there the Japanese volunteers practicing for the Beijing Winter Olympics of their curling technique. Good to see the judges allowing them to just quickly come in between points to do some sweeping practice. Always good to see the kids getting involved here, no matter what sport it is. Let's try and calmly call this one now. Yajit flicks it, just a little wrister. She goes back to Chen, Chen back to legit. But I, 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 I'm so, I'm, I'm so into y this game all of a sudden. Yajit is legit. She is, even though she lost there the will point. Be merchandise by the end of this match. I uh, have to comment on their uniforms here just quickly now. Uh, oh, China absolutely. Of course, adopted the traditional red from China with sort of a white, almost ink blot stain there. Not too sure, Jared, about the Turkish attire here. White, blue, and green, not commonly known as Turkish national colours. Yeah, by the looks, Ujit may have defected from Uzbekistan at the very last second. Well, that is a common rumour, which is often uh, not confirmed nor denied with fear of uh, death, but... Uh, the, the players ooh. also were worried about the over-sexualization of the badminton uniform, so there have been some modifications made last minute. Bit of a sass there from Yajit, kind of fist pumps with the uh, cock going into the net there from Chen. It's 12-11 here, tight first set. Of course, Yajit did lead this one by four points at one stage. Chin, Chen, sorry, has uh, gone up there. I just, I'm, I have to say, I apologize to the viewers. I am so enthralled by this sport that I just cannot pronounce people's... I'm going to call you Colin Holding in a minute. Probably there for a second when it comes to that. I mean, I... I you mean, go right ahead. You? you go right ahead. But I'm going to go escort this child out of the stadium. I will be back shortly. Wow, Jared. I mean, you, you stumbled into this commentary box by mistake as Yajit once again hits it out. But you're seeing all the action right now on the court, in the commentary box. I mean, my goodness me, you're really seeing it all tonight. It's true, and judging by the commitment of the other commentator, I may have a full-time job after um, commentating this match. Well, if you've ever had a dream, I'm sure it was to be a full-time commentator of mm. badminton. I mean, Colin Holding, potentially taking up a job in security. Yeah, possibly. Um, Jared Lee Book, who knows? You could have a different name there as Jit serves it. Chen smacks it back. 
Ijit smacks it back. Oh, and just can't quite get that one over there. Just a little bit concerned about Yujit's uh, cock handling here. It started off very, very well. She wipes the sweat from her brow there. She gives a gentle nod across to the coach and says, Yep, I, I realize streets. Yes, I know I will be living there. So we see Chen just fluff the cock a little bit. She's ready to stroke it a little bit harder. And she flicks it up high. She loves that high serve. Back to Yujit, to Chen, to Yujit. To Chen, she goes for the sidewinder. Oh, Yajit counters with the sidewinder. Another sidewinder. Yajit goes for the slow lob. Yajit again with the smash into the net, and she bodies it up. Oh, she's not happy with that one. Jared, I do believe that she does like to watch Ash Barty, and uh, sadly she couldn't get the Wimbledon tape. She could only get a round one tape from Tokyo, so it's making a little bit of sense right now. Yeah, it helps when you study um, a good performance. Um, but, yeah, just struggling to get it over the net there. Now, Chen's face, just that expression of just sheer determination. She was down by four, but now she's up by four. 15-11 is the score here in the first set. Yujit just goes slightly over the net. She tries for the sidewinder, but Chen is, is open to that. She knows what's happening. She goes for the sidewinder and gets it straight at her feet. And, oh, look at the emotion in Chen there. She is going off here in the arena. Jared, oh, my goodness, I've not seen that much emotion from her ever. No. Um, she needs to be careful not to get carried away here. A five-point lead. Uh, looks handy, but uh, as we know in this sport, um, things can change in the flash of an eye. Um, the umpire is free to um, swap the scores of the two athletes at any stage. Which I like. It's good to keep things up and running. As Colin joins us back in the commentary box, Colin, as it is commonly known, when you get a five-point lead in badminton, you generally aren't losing, are you? Well, I mean, if they do start doing it backwards, they double their points, so you never know, to be honest. I also do believe there is the bonus round if it is decided to be played, and that can be played by the coach at any point. And at that point, of course, Ash Barty does actually come into the game as a third player. So, uh, Jared, it's a new initiative to try and combine all these racket sports. Yeah, the Barty initiative. It is just an exhibition event this year, um, but hopefully it does become permanent for um, Paris 2024. What a smash there from Chen. She loves to smash the heck out of that cock. And again, look at the emotion on her face there. She was emotionless before, but now she just can barely contain it. Look at that face. She just, she just loves, she loves that cock so much, Colin. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to that, um, but I will agree with you. She definitely does. Uh, and that's why she is at however many points she's at right now. Well, 17 to 13. It was 17 to 12. She got the five-point lead up again, and she puts her hand up and says, no, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I need, to, I need to curtail my emotions. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting a phone call here. She's calling me. Okay. Yes, what? Chad. Yes. Yes, you can have Turkish Light too if you win this. Just win it. Just win it. Get back. Get back. Get back. You're in the game. Bye. Wow, the, the skill there of Chen to make a phone call in the middle of a point. That's crazy as Yujit tries to take advantage of it, but Chen says, no, I'm with AT&T. My connection's really good. And oh, she's not. No, no, she's not with AT&T because she just shanked that one badly. And Yujit gives a Turkish fist bump. And Chen, all of a sudden, she's, for the first time I've seen her sweat. Look at her. She's wiping the sweat. And now so is so is Yujit, but Turkish sweat we know is almost like a power source, Jared. If you're sweating in Turkey, it's almost like a power boost. This is very true, and she's going to need that now. Uh, down the three points here. Can she pull it back? She does a little flick wrister. Chen does the swick wrister as well. The swick wrister, of course, is a very Chinese move. Yujit goes for the high lob, and oh, it's out again. 
Now, oh, Yajit's challenging it. Oh, Colin, that looks well long to should. me. As she should. Uh, he is saying, your left hand goes up like this. The other one holds the racket. That's the way the rules go, girls. Now, I'm not sure about this one, Jared. What did you think on this one? It looked well long to me, but we do know that Goldeneye can malfunction from time to time. So um, she's in with a chance. Oh, there's a bit of a delay here. The technology is a bit slow here in Turkey. Goldeneye may be malfunctioning, which is... It's a bit of a concern here for Yajit as she wipes off that Turkish sweat. Now, let's take a look at this. It is well long. Yes, look, that 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 almost ended up in Sapporo. I don't know what she was thinking there, Colin. Now, it's amazing that the cameras were able to zoom in like that and cartoonify it just on the spot. Jared, as a tennis fan, it's interesting to think that uh, this GoldenEye technology is about uh, 10 minutes slower than general, uh, you know, Hawkeye technology in tennis. It's very interesting. Well, that's what we expect from badminton. Obviously, doesn't have the same uh, following, the same funding, the same interest. What they yeah. really needed was somebody good to work on the guidance system. Mm. It's I'll not actually what, cameras though. for Goldeneye here. It's actually just they've got a little cartoonist in there just drawing it as quickly as he can before they bring it up. I have to say that after this match, though, the sport will increase its following around the world. I mean, this this might be the greatest spectacle in sport I have ever seen. I, I'm just, I'm. You heard me before. I got way too excited. I, I think my wow. balls finally dropped. If you can find any other sport that elicits that type of reaction out of children, uh, then I would love to be there to hear it. Nineteen fourteen. Jim with that five point buffer again. Oh, she does a little flicker. Oh, back down there. Oh, you're just oh. really looking into it now. Power hungry. She wants that Turkish sweat working for her. She flicks it up high. Chen for the smash. Yajit. Oh, she goes with the sneaky lob. Chen nearly left it, but going back from there. Yajit not scared of Chen's stoic performance here. I can't even contain myself. Oh, and she hits the net and gives the standard little racket sport. Hey, like I'm really good. I did that deliberately, but fuck you. As it's twenty to fourteen, she now has. Six set points, Jared Lubig. Six set points. Yeah, it's hard to see Yajit coming back from this one. Now, listen to the crowd just really get into this one now. Chen with the high serve. Yajit smacks it back and it's out. And there oh. it is. Chen has the set. Colin, wow. Moments away from glory for China. Uh, they haven't been this happy since Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon was nominated for Best Picture. Jared, any final thoughts on this set as we go to the uh, the set break before we go into the next one, which we won't be calling, but I'll just, I just need to get your final thoughts on this match before we do head back to the off-the-podium studio. Well, I think Yajit's got to be very concerned about um, going back to live on the streets, potentially um, the strategic uniform choice. She can defect back to Uzbekistan. Uh, and compete again. Interesting you see strategy. The sweeper quickly... out there just mopping all the sweat off of the court uh, that just, has been pooling. Just before we head back, Colin, just I was going to say, interesting choice here for Chen to adopt a coach all of a sudden. She just quickly, I think after she called you, called a, a coach mm -hmm. quickly just from the table tennis. So an interesting strategy. Another racket sport, of course, but uh, yeah, different, different strategy for the second set, it seems. Well, when I disappeared briefly, I put in a call to an old colleague of mine, and that is um, Ray there, who is stepping in to uh, take up the reins, and uh, let's give him partial credit if Chen ends up winning this thing. Of course, I will deserve the majority of the credit. Unfortunately, our time has run out today. We have only paid for enough to the IOC to commentate one set of badminton today, so we will be crossing back now to the Office Podium Studios, where Ben will no doubt give us an update on who actually wins this match. Let's be honest, still better coverage than Channel 7. Ben, it's back to you in the Off the Podium studios.
Yes, uh, thank you for that, Ben, for crossing back here. I'm glad that I can cross to myself. And I will tell you the score in that one uh, for those on tenterhooks of who won between uh, Yajit and Chen. Uh, we should have probably commentated the second set because it was a li- little bit quicker. Uh, Chen ended up winning the second. Uh, I-, I kept calling it sets. They're called games in badminton, not sets. Uh, mm. 21 to 9. So she won in straight sets there. The former world number one, uh, Yufei Chen. Uh, so, obviously, sadly, uh, Nestle and Yajit will be going back to the streets of Turkey, which, um, I mean, we, we all expected that, right? Uh, what did we watch today outside of what we've talked about? Uh, let's start with you, Jared. I mean, right now we're still watching the hockey. 4-1 up now. The Kookaburras are really putting the sword to those uh, silver greedy Kiwis. Um, I didn't catch too much today outside of kind of the medal events. Um, obviously, the, uh, the disappointing loss in the soccer uh, the Boomers win was great to watch. Uh, special shout out to the um, Great Britain crew in the rowing who uh, went wildly off course. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> um, always great to see the Brits um, fail at sport. It was a revenge for Euro. Um, they were trying to take out yeah, the Italians. <laughs> Did you see that, Colin, where the British rowing team were basically like, they went diagonal and they were like literally about to crash into the Italian crew before they had oh. to straighten themselves. And I'm like, God, well, it's, it's revenge for the Euros and also just the Brits for some reason are helping Australia win a gold because Italy were catching up to us. So um, it, w- it was funny. But the thing that kept confusing me about the rowing is they kept saying that they were hitting crabs. And obviously this is a rowing <laughs> term, which is like a crabbing when you miss time a stroke. I legitimately thought there was like a problem in the Tokyo Lake. I know. Did you get that too? Well, I I was sort of tuning in and out of that one because there was no stakes. Canada wasn't in it. And you had said, we are both watching live, and you had said right before it started, it's like, oh, they're already saying Australia's not going to medal this. I'm like, all right, I'm watching whatever's going on on TV. And meanwhile, I have that going on my laptop. Uh, and when you said that afterwards, because all of a sudden, like, how did Australia win this? Like, they hit a crab. And I'm like, I got to watch the replay of this. <laughs> and I saw nothing. I'm legitimately me, looking. I was, <laughs> I was waiting because they, they even did show, like, a slow motion replay. And they suddenly explained what the term meant. So I was waiting to see this little crab hanging onto the oar with its pincer <laughs> as they went through the water. <laughs> I'm thinking, like, Rio had green pools. Like, now all of a sudden Tokyo's got a crab infestation in this, like, this <laughs> lake. I'm wanting to see just, like, thousands of crabs floating up. Like, boom. Like, extra gold medal if you survive the crab infestation of Tokyo 2020. <laughs> the thing that I find funny, though, is because do you remember in Rio when it was kind of like the lake was, like, next to houses? So you just kind of had, like, Brazilians hanging out of their houses watching around. This is, like, next to a highway in the middle yeah. of nowhere. <laughs> Like, you got everybody commuting to work. That's just you know, you're the, driving to work for the day. What's that to the next to me? Oh, just the Olympics. <laughs> do you know what though? It was it was before the Olympics secondly started the because this was one of those events that had preliminary rounds going on for a few days beforehand. Uh, on one of the first days, you actually saw one guy fishing <laughs> in the water, and well, then that's the boats the are going by. Crabs. He's looking. He's looking. He's like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> you know what it is. Which which is the NHL team where they throw octopus on the on the rink when they get a? Oh, the sharks. The sharks, right? Oh no, wait, so no, no is, it's not the sharks. It's uh, the the Red Wings. Yeah, the Red Wings. Okay. Um, like this is a Japanese tradition. Like just like the octopus <laughs> in the Red Wings, it's let's throw crabs at the rowers. Like this is a traditional <laughs> Japanese greeting. Like welcome to Tokyo. Have some crabs. Um, actually, you should never say welcome to Tokyo. Have some crabs. Uh, you probably need to go to a doctor after that. But um, 
After my badminton commentary, I shouldn't really make any more sex jokes today. Um, Colin, <laughs> did you watch more than the crabs in the rowing? What else did you watch today? Oh, see, this is an unfortunate day because, uh, I mean, I was I was glued to multiple. At one point, I had three screens open. Uh, I was watching um, the swimming, which was on TV. I was watching the rugby on my laptop, and I was watching um, something else. Uh, I think it was tennis on my phone. Uh, so I'm glad that I got all that in because the majority of the big events happen overnight here when I'm sleeping. And I woke up this morning to turn on my PVR and see an all black screen for seven and a half hours. So I missed a lot of what went on. Thankfully, not, not much of it was Canada. So that basically was it for me. It was just swimming. It was a little bit of tennis. It was, um, the, uh, uh, the rowing. And, um, now the, three X three basketball, which, uh, at the moment rock is up 12 to 10 to Latvia. This is actually getting close. I, I was kind of disappointed that, uh, everything's been very close in these gold medals because the quarterfinals yesterday had some really tight ones, but uh, it's getting closer now. It's now 12, 11. So well, yeah, that's, about to that's spoil what it. And so it's 13, 11 now. So. Well, spoilers, <laughs> Ben, you know about the Canadian delay. Rock, rock are getting, trying to get revenge here. Cause uh, yeah, the U S beat them in the, uh, the women's. So mm-hmm. who knows, Jared, if uh, rock win here, you might hear some Tchaikovsky. So uh, you might have to switch on the three X three. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kookaburra's won 4-2. I just kind of want to add Kookaburra's won 4-2, just before you say that, Colin, and I'm watching beach volleyball right now, so I may be distracted. Uh, (laughs) uh, So the big thing that I actually watched last night, like right before bed, uh, was not even from this current Olympics, but I didn't realize it was yesterday. I've signed up for a race um, that, well, virtual race, whatever. For Donovan Bailey, he has a charity out of his hometown, uh, and it's supposed to be for the 25th anniversary. Now the, the race, the charity race is on August the 3rd. So I thought that was the 25th anniversary, but it was yesterday. Yesterday was the 25th anniversary of Donovan Bailey winning the gold medal uh, and setting the world record in the men's 100 meter, uh, which, you know, I, I just have to say, I, I still don't think I've ever seen an Olympic event that was as exciting to watch as that one. Uh, and there's so much, if, if you, neither of you have seen her, it, it's been a long time since even anybody out there has seen it. You don't even have to be a Canadian to love this event. It was the most dramatic buildup to an event ever because he had so many people who, this was like our, you know, uh, the backstroke from a couple of days ago where anybody could take this, anybody could set the world record. And Linford Christie, who I think was expected to win this thing, watch, you want to see a Terminator. I mean, you have the most crazed look in a man's eye going to this event as there's false start after false start after false start that he caused most of, as he just, every time they go, just has like, like psycho killer expression on his face where the commentators are even chuckling at him. And he ends up getting taken out. So you think, okay, well, there's no way a world record is going to be set. Now the front runner is gone. And then Donovan Bailey, who wasn't even expected, maybe he would have pulled off a silver, ends up setting the world record. They had like a nice video tribute to him on last night. Uh, they had an interview with him on TV. It's great that he's on TV. We're going to be seeing a lot of him on the Canadian TV. And man, what a man, Donovan Bailey. I mean, I would put him up for athlete of the day. <laughs> you probably would. <laughs> 25 years late. Um, I saw some of that, uh, the tweets out for that yesterday. And he has not aged much, has he? He's looking no. good. Donovan. Yeah. I like the name Donovan. More more common name, Donovan. I actually, like, I would have been nine. And, I mean, Atlanta, I, like, I remember some of, I actually do weirdly remember some of um, Barcelona, even though I was, like, five. But, um, 
yeah, I remember a lot of Atlanta, and I'm pretty sure I, I remember a fair bit around that. I mean, the one that they shared recently for Australia was uh, 25 Years Since Kieran Perkins' famous Lane 8 Swim, which was uh, in the last few days. And, yeah, they were mentioning, of course, with the awesome foursome today that it was like 25 years and one day since that awesome foursome in Atlanta. So it was kind of very uh, prominent there. Um, yeah, they're showing this replay now of the Australian winning the beach volleyball today. So uh, it's distracting as the Italian is pulling her wedgie out of her butt. So, um Yep. Um, so, sorry. I should also mention the other the other medal event. This so the the three x three that is the one happening right now is the last one because the men's all around gymnastics has been decided. And Daiki Hashimoto of Japan, another gold for Japan. Wow, uh, wins that one. Uh, Roy Tong Zhao of China, the silver, and Nikita Nagorni of Rock. So good to see Rock doing so well and finally getting on that medal tally once again. Um, and I haven't given the medal tally. Um, I'll refresh that, and I will say that Japan are still shitting it in at the top. Good for Japan. 13 gold, 4 silver, 5 bronze, 22 in total. China, 12 gold, 6 silver, 9 bronze, 27 in total. US, third, 11 gold, 11 silver, 9 bronze, 31. Uh, Rock, 7 gold, 9 silver, 6 bronze, 22. And Australia, we're in the top five. Look at this. 6 gold, 1 silver. Pick up the silver, but not too many. Uh, 9 bronze, 16 in total. Canada have slipped out of the top 10 because Netherlands have finally picked their game up. Uh, you're 11. 11th with two gold, three silver, and four bronze. And just to remind uh, everyone where New Zealand is, Colin, take your headphones off quickly because this may spoil the rugby. Uh, uh, la, la, la. Zero gold, two silver, and one bronze. All right, you're good now, Colin. Headphones on. Headphones on. Put them on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just. I'm distracted with rock and Latvia here. There's three minutes to go. Um, I don't really have much to add what I watched outside of what we've already talked about. I saw some I, cycling. I have a quick question some... when you went over the metal standings, though. Sure, Colin. I may answer it for you. Or Jared um, will. One of us. Have, since Vancouver, have we seen any host nations number one? No. Russia. Russia London, didn't. No, UK got third, second in... Re- no, Brazil. No. No. Uh, now, Korea, how crazy would it be if Japan could... I, I don't know if they're going to keep this streak up. But like track and fields to come, I don't know what we're going to be seeing of Japan out of that. But imagine if Japan, of all countries, that that would be their vindication. You know, the, the Olympics have been postponed twice. We got no viewers, no spectators, but we end up number one in the medal standings. It's and it's yeah, I, I agree with you. It'd be great to see because I think like not to take away from past host nations, but like if you were to have a host nation win the medal tally, Japan's one of the ones that you would want to because mm-hmm. I mean. 70 years ago, nobody liked Japan, but nowadays, who doesn't like Japan? Like, I mean, it's kind of, you know, bygones be bygones. Um, but now it's fine. The nuke changed things. Um, <laughs> God bless nice. the nuke. God bless nuclear weapons. Made Japanese nice people that we can all agree are nice. Wow. Uh, hang on, what's that? 48 countries I've offended. All right. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh my goodness. Um, so, uh, commentary, CBC and Is Jared going to talk about what he watched? He did. Already happened. Oh, did he? Oh, I'm really distracted by this. Look at this. Rock is now 17. Wow, Colin. You want me to spoil the rugby sevens for you? (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe that they allowed Canada in as like a bonus round to win the gold medal. Like whoever would have thought that. Um, I should also mention I saw a bit of the uh, the handball today, which is always fun. I like the handball. So um, and the rugby. Um, CBC Channel Seven. Colin, CBC. 
Uh, there wasn't that much for commentary fails here. There, well, there's one big one, but I mean, I have to eventually get around to transcribing the whole thing. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. This would just be my my uh, commentary win of the night, which I think I mentioned to you uh, after Titmus's gold, uh, where her 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 wonderful coach was celebrating. They didn't comment on it the first time they cut to him because they immediately they everybody knows now, and I think he knows, and he's playing to the cameras. Oh, they're gonna cut to me. I better have a big you know, freak out session here. But when they were showing all the replays, uh, the, the commentators were, were going on about what was actually happening. And, and then they pulled ahead with 15 minutes to go. And then they cut to that. And uh, our, our, you know, great uh, swimming legend here, um, who, who's the, the, the color commentator. Uh, he's like, yeah, calm down, Dean, calm down. It's another gold. <laughs> and then just went right back to what he was saying. <laughs> wow. Sassed by the that- Canadians. This has just become a thing that they're already tired of. All right, Dean, we loved you before, but now it's a little too well, much. you know what? I'm just going to say this. Next time you win a gold, calm down, Canada. Calm down. It's another gold. <laughs> uh, but uh, I don't I don't even know her name, but uh, I'm, I'm sure Ben would like her Instagram. But uh, the, the CBC expert, they, they have two experts. They'll have one, you know, expert on the actual play-by-play commentary. And then they also do the in-studio where the anchor will have – the correspondent in there with them. Let's talk about what happened this event. And the gymnast that they have in there, the, the expert gymnast. All right, I'm looking uh, her up. CBC expert <laughs> gymnast. Keep talking. Uh, you're going to get Kyle Schufelt, who did the commentary, and be very disappointed. But um, <laughs> she is, wow, she was hired all for her looks because she cannot speak. She cannot think. I'm actually debating whether or not she even you know knows where she is right now. Talk about the worst the commentator ever or worst analyst ever uh, at one point um and, and i'll give more props here to andy petrillo who uh, i mentioned one of our anchors uh who also is you know uh hosts the leafs show the the leafs radio slash tv daily update show so wow, that's why she's uh, she is amazing uh that's a woman right there leafs fan <laughs> beautiful penny's good. a leafs fan of course everybody's a leafs fan right right well I mean, well, Jared's, Jared's nodding his head very like angrily there. Okay, I'm a Leafs t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Andy Petrillo. This is the same thing I was mentioning with Maggie McNeil. She she knows how to get something good out of even the worst people. This analyst they had at one point she was asking about you know oh oh you know what can you tell us about Simone Biles' mindset where she would make this decision to pull out of the event and their analyst here was like. Yeah, it was like really surprising, but although it kind of proves Simone Biles is a human being <laughs> before being a superstar. And then she just goes silent and Eddie Petrillo immediately falls up. Yes, you know, sometimes we do forget that uh, these athletes that we love and we admire are human beings. And it just kept going on and on. Like, I honestly want to transcribe this whole thing or just share the video with you to see the single worst analyst ever hired that Ben still will want to marry by the time we're done watching it. Find a name. I can't. Like, I'm just finding some Kyle guy. I don't know. <laughs> Kyle, you're getting Kyle Schufeld. That's the guy. Yeah. That's the like, one right there. <laughs> I'll set you up. <laughs> I mean, is she is she like an Olympian? Like, I mean, you know, she was she? she was an Olympic gymnast. Which Olympics? At one point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now you're really interested. I'll find it while you guys are going over your commentary fails. Please do, uh, please do. Uh, Jared, did you uh, note anything down today? Uh, I didn't really have anything to add, but just apart from what we already mentioned, just about the um, fondness for Kaylee and the reminder in in throughout the medley, like it was just so. 
over the top and disrespectful to the eventual winner that um I don't know, it just felt like a little bit of poor form. I don't know what Colin's doing right now. Like, is he realizing the least There's 42 sucks? seconds. There's 42 <laughs> seconds left and my, my video's completely frozen. Oh, do you want me to tell you what's happening? I'm seeing a Latvian no. raising his arm. Are you going to do the play-by-play? Or you have 42 seconds left as it's, well? It's There's 1.4... No, there's 32.5 seconds to go. And Latvia are up by a point, 19 to 18. Yeah, well, oh, it's starting to slow. We're at 42 seconds now. 41. There we go. It's slowly moving again. All right. There's, there's stuff happening there. There's angry Latvians on my screen. So <laughs> so it's first at 21, right? But if the clock runs out, is it just whoever's winning? Yeah. So if if Latvia just holds 19 to 18, then they win this. Oh, Latvia just won it with a two-point shot. Oh, my goodness. And the stack's on the mill. The Latvians are loving it. Oh, sorry. Did I spoil it for you, Colin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you did. I'm not there yet. <laughs> wow. That was actually pretty epic. Uh, boom, baby. And both fans in the crowd are through. Oh, I feel <laughs> sorry for Rock. Double silver for Rock. Oh. Ooh, no Tchaikovsky. Yeah. <laughs> actually, speaking of national anthems, I caught the end of the Romanian national anthem. I mean, God, if you ever wanted to hear cliche Soviet Russia-style national anthem, listen to the Romanian. I say they're like the octopusy of the Olympics. Like, that national anthem alone should make them a, I don't know, a spy who loved me. Like, it's pretty good. So, uh, anyway. Um, yeah, outside of what we talked about, so... Um, I remember back in our Survivor Oz days over on the Oz Network, download now, um, Lancey used to have the Jeff Probst sexual innuendo of the week, which was always kind of uh, fun. Um, I, I I don't know if all of a sudden we should be paying this out a little bit more to our swimming commentators. Thorpey's uh, saying, I'll be watching what his stroke looks like, what position he is in. I uh, thought that was pretty pretty sexual. Um uh, there's also a never forget that thrust, that last thrust by the Dutch. Okay. Uh, maybe I'm just the, the sick one in this episode. I'm starting to see what's influenced Ben throughout his commentary today. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, that was a different Ben. Um, the, the rowing, like the rowing commentary is great. I, I did like me Nick Green and uh, kind of James Tompkins coming out there as the IOC guy, put the medals on and being interviewed. Like, and the, the girl, uh, the I can't remember her name, that her parents had like won medals and she was bawling her eyes out. Like I loved all that. But if somebody commentating says the words rowing community one more time, I will <laughs> find a crab and shove it down their throat. Like seriously, like I'm sick of the pods. But everything was like, oh, the rowing community will be so proud. Oh, this is so big for the rowing community. Oh, the rowing community are watching all across Australia. It just got to a point where I'm like, okay, like, is this like something that we need to get help for, the rowing community? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, Jared, if you noticed that they kept saying rowing community a hundred times. Uh, I did. And I just wonder what, like, what's the rowing community's acronym? Are they poor parents of Olympic rowers? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jared wins the, the comment of the night. That's good. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's I like that. Um, what's the other ones here? Uh, Nick Green said, I don't think the rest of the world expects Australia to be a boat-lengthing front. Yeah, I'm sure if you cross live to Burkina Faso, they're like, oh, fuck, yeah, I didn't think that Australia would be a boat. Bloody hell, I was really shocked that Australia were a boat-lengthing front. Um, the, the Again, with Ariane, it was all about every one of her families. Uh, her grandparents were there from Tasmania. They'd flown up to Noosa. And to which Dick Guy in the pods thing, 
Such a big move from Tasmania. You'd left it behind, did you? Like, God damn it! You must be glad to get away from there, even if it's just for a holiday. Oh my God! <laughs> just, just get over it. Um, there was a comment. She's got a great back end. Don't remember which swimmer that was on. To which I think Thorpey replied, "She does have a great back end." I actually love the bit of sass between Thorpey and Liesel. Um, in one of the breaststroke events, Lisa Jones has got like, you know how like when you breaststroke, you hear somebody whistling often, you hear that shit, shit, shit. Lisa Jones comes in and goes, oh, that's called the breaststroke whistle. It's a good point and it's a good spurring on. Thorpey's like, that's not called a breaststroke whistle. That's just called a whistle. <laughs> and like, Lisa Jones like, well, I call it the breaststroke whistle. He's like, no, it's just well, a that, whistle. Well, that's what I call it. <laughs> I just loved his, like, sass back to poor Lisa Jones. And one of our swimmers in uh, one of the heats tonight, uh, a family member of hers apparently played for Carlton. So uh, Lisa Jones all of a sudden chimes in and goes, well, I'm a Carlton supporter, so I like her even more. Well, I like you even more, Lisa Jones. Actually, I'll say, like, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand Lisa Jones. I just thought she seemed rude and obnoxious, and I didn't like her. But now I absolutely love her, not only because she's a Carlton supporter, but, like, one of the – I think it was the same breaststroke swimmer – um, Basil's like, oh, and she's a, a massive hero is yours, Lisa. Like, you, she had you on your wall and all this kind of stuff. And Lisa Jones is like, oh, what an idiot she is there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, there was, a, oh, the father of one of the rowers when they interviewed him. He was almost as good as Dean Boxer. He was like, that's enough from down under. <laughs> like, he was so excited for his daughter winning. Um, oh, this, uh, this isn't a commentary thing, but the Swiss swimmers in the 4 by 2 relay. They came out with a dog. Did you see that? They had like a stuffed dog mascot. It was brilliant. I loved it. I want Swiss swimming team as my new friends. And also, I do love the uh, Rugby Sevens Australia team had a little wallaby stuffed toy that they put like under the post or something like that. Um, and the Russian swimmers had face masks with cat faces on them. So why wouldn't you do that? Thomas Neal, the 4 by 200 uh, relay swimmer, when he was interviewed, said it was better than Lego. Uh, winning a bronze medal. So, oh, so <laughs> let's add that to the list of what's the greatest feeling in the world. Jared said winning the Olympics. I said a jar of dill pickles. Ben says sex. He says better than Lego. Um, yep. Let's put up a poll. Yeah. <laughs> let's see what our listeners want to choose. That's painful if uh, you step on a bronze medal as well. I do have a, um, I have a Korean commentary fail as provided to me by our Korean correspondent, the dateless Noah Groves. Um, (laughs) He informed me there's a bit of controversy going on back in Korea right now, back on the opening ceremony. So we talked about how Channel 7 decided to make sure that every person watching knew that every country had problems, you know, wars in Iraq, COVID, all this sort of stuff. We talked about how NBC in Canada are at least kind of, you know, nice. I'll show a graphic on screen of like the countries and where they are. Apparently, the Korean broadcasters decided to show an image related to each country. And it wasn't just like a, hey, here's a kangaroo and here's an American pie. Apparently, when Haiti came out, they showed like two hostages like at gunpoint, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Like, this is, you know, what it is. Um, (laughs) And... What was the one he said about Japan that, like, I, I'm getting this wrong, but I don't think they showed, like, a nuclear bomb going off. Like, they were just showing very inappropriate images. And apparently this Korean commentator is a well-known sort of, like, right-wing supporter. 
Um, so for Britain, there's there's apparently a big controversy. Some British guy has gone viral on the internet because he's like gotten surgery to like make his eyes similar to sort of Asian people, and then he's saying like I, I Korean. I identify as a Korean and apparently this has just been mocked. So for Britain, they show a picture of this guy. <laughs> like, this is who it is. So I, I'd love to, like, if there's... I, I should have, like, looked this up more. But, yeah, no, I was telling you there's a bit of controversy in Korea right now of the inappropriate images they're showing for country. So I said, like, I wouldn't want to see what they were showing for Germany. Um, <laughs> Japan you know? is just a mushroom cloud. Yeah. <laughs> they're really Sorry. nice since then. Yeah, um, anyway, um, well, tomorrow we have another big day ahead of us. Um, we've only got uh, only got 17 medals being decided tomorrow, so it's a slower day. But uh, off the podium, we have a couple of uh, athletes. Kylie Mass back in the pool. Uh, I believe she'll be part of the 4x100 mixed relay. Um, and Charlotte Caslick hits the uh, the turf in the, the women's rugby sevens. So, yeah. Uh, Jared, if I if I looked at this list right now of who we've got left, if I think, and I'm jinxing it right now, famously, and I know I was a solo interviewer on this one, so clearly they're going to be seventh again. <laughs> but if we've got any chance of a gold medal, I'm thinking it's going to come from Charlotte as part of the Women's Rugby Sevens, surely. Yeah, you'd have to think so. I mean, Fiji went very differently how they went in the rugby today. I don't know how Did they it? went. Um, Fiji competed in the rugby today so Australia will too so who knows how their result will go wow I really saved myself there good job Ben Um, but uh, yeah anything tomorrow that uh, we're looking forward to it's our first day for BMX Mm, and our first day for golf golf is on tomorrow bring out golf how will I Uh, choose between the two (laughs) I'm going to watch golf tomorrow and I'm going to tell you that I did (laughs) <laughs> How many volunteers do we have for six hours of golf commentary? I tell you what, sailing's our commentary tomorrow. On Friday, it's going to be golf. <laughs> yep. Right uh, now. You know what? <laughs> I'm having to on Friday. <laughs> Colin, you're taking the lead on golf. You're the anchor. <laughs> I, I will gladly do that. I have seen Goldfinger more times than I can count. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think he is? Arnold Palmer? Um... <laughs> Jared, you said you, you sounded keen for the BMX. Are you, yeah, are you keen I for the BMX? I think that's going to be so good. That's the um, BMX is like the adrenaline sport that deserves its spot in the Summer Olympics as opposed to skateboarding. Although I would like to see like a skateboarding like cross with like yeah. five athletes on like the BMX track. Maybe that's how we improve it going to um, Paris 2024. What is there's still a skateboarding event to come, isn't there? Like what the is park, the yeah. like, park? Park what instead is, of street. So, so what are they just... What's Stick the a difference? tree in the middle of the arena and then get fixed. <laughs> Isn't that right? Why, okay, here's a legitimate question. Where's the half pipe? I know. Like, That's what people want to see. I played Tony Hawk Pro Skate. That's what you'd always go to. You'd go to the half pipe. You'd go to the, the empty swimming pool. That's what I want. That's what I thought skateboarding would be. Like, where's skateboarding racing? Where's um the the, the one where they like like the BMX like, when they race? Like that should be skateboarding. Mm. Like <laughs> falling off all the time. Skateboard cross. Mm. Thank you, cross. I, I knew I, I just I'm having a bad night today. Too many cocks in the badminton. Um, yeah. What I mean, did I did I just ask both of you what you're looking forward to, or did I interrupt? I think I interrupted. Colin, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? I don't even know what's on tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna Good go job. with the BMX as well. 
the BMX as well. I will say the men's and women's trap shootings on tomorrow. And that's, that's actually one of the shooting events I really like watching. So we've got a bit of a history in that. And we are the defending champions in the women's trap. But of course, Catherine Skinner is not, she didn't qualify. So she is not defending a title. But uh, Letitia Scanlon and Penny Smith in that for the women tomorrow. And for the men's, uh, we have uh, Thomas Grice and James Willett. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think I just think back to the Michael Diamond days and the Russell Mark days, Jared, where we were almost sort of almost guaranteed a gold medal in that event. So I, I used to always love watching the trap shooting. Yeah, it's just one of those out there sports that we were good at. Um, and that Catherine Skinner medal from um, Rio was just such like a, a random thing to happen. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed we can pull something off. Maybe even uh, silver to just add to that lowly silver medal tally. Well, let's be honest. We know why Catherine Skinner didn't qualify for the Olympics because we interviewed her not long after she won that gold. So, um, I mean, Evan Dunphy, Catherine Skinner, clearly Leonard. <laughs> Shit, I shouldn't have brought that up, should I? Um, wow. Um, but some other ones tomorrow to look forward to, the uh, archery, the, the some more of the men's individuals. So, Taylor Worth and Alice Ingley are out there in the men's and, uh, men's and women's, and so is Ryan Tyak. And, of course, uh, Ryan and Taylor were part of that team bronze back in Rio. Also, David Barnes is uh, hitting the field. I mean, what the, the archery pitch. Just in anger. The, the, yeah, we're just shooting arrows left, right, and center. Uh, Jess Fox, of course, tomorrow will probably choke and finish uh, probably a silver. There's your silver tomorrow, mm. Jared. He's done Fox. well, though, to... Um qualify fifth so there's less expectation yeah true. i think that's a good sign um we've got some team fencing tomorrow with canada involved the uh the women's foil is happening and you are taking on france traditional mm. rivals your former overlords uh in the quarterfinals <laughs> so look forward to uh to losing that one i'm I, li- I enjoyed the handball today i was watching norway versus argentina i'm going to be watching tomorrow i feel angola versus the netherlands um, strong history in Olympic handball, those two. So I, I really want to watch handball. I mean, I've tried in the past, but I want to see what Ben's fascination is with it. But like, oh, I swear, brilliant CBC, even their website, like the app, is not even showing it. Like, I tried to search, and you got like a "What is handball?" video, yeah. and that's it. Sailing tomorrow, golf Friday, handball Saturday. There you go. We uh, we uh, it's a hard one for us to do because when it comes to dubbing sounds, but I'll work it out. I don't know. Um, you're playing Belgium tomorrow in hockey. Good luck with that one. With the uh, hockey roos are back out playing New Zealand. Back to back New Zealand going on there. Uh, in terms of some of the teen sports, uh, you've got more Canadians in the rowing. The women's rowing. Uh, the women's uh, rugby, as I mentioned, obviously starts tomorrow. But Canada are pretty good in in women's rugby. You you bronze medalist, of course, from uh, Rio. So uh, I don't think we're in the same pool as you this time. No, nope, we're in pool C. You're in pool B. So we will not play each other until the medals. Gold medal match, I'm telling you right now, will be happening there. Uh, obviously, some swimming happening tomorrow. We've got some uh, table tennis semis tomorrow. So uh, get excited for that. And, uh, and the tennis, uh, you already mentioned with Barty and Piers, you're not hopeful again for them in the uh, quarters tomorrow, Jared. Yeah, I'm just keeping expectations low. I think kind of the Greek pair go in as favourites at the moment. It's a chance. I should mention the water polo, the Sharks, that's the men's team, uh, are back tomorrow against Serbia. Great win against Croatia. Uh, Very big powerhouse in uh, water polo, so great result there for Australia. So a win against Serbia... Obviously, uh, the the Sharks have always been in the shadows of the Stingers because the Stingers have won medals in the Olympics, whereas the Sharks haven't really done well. So be interesting to see how all that plays out tomorrow. 
what a day. We we heard a lot of cocks in badminton and lots of medals for Australia. What was your highlight of the episode, Colin? Cocks or seven medals for Australia? Well, you know how invested I am in Australia winning seven medals, so it's got to be that, right? <laughs> what, 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 when you're watching these events and you see Australia winning medals, are you just like, oh, rolling your eyes? Like, I mean, uh, every time Canada wins medal, I'm legitimately happy. Like, I'm almost as happy when Canada wins medal. Even the Winter Olympics, I'll say I'm more happy when Canada wins medals than Australia because, like, I expect you guys to win shit tons of medals in the Winter Olympics. So you better not say that you roll your eyes at us. No, I honestly, I, I probably pay more attention to Australia now uh, since we do this. And I do get excited when they win. It's just not when they beat Canada. So, I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. Kylie and Penny, um, they're, they're the ones I'm rooting for still. I, I If if Titmus just sort of, I don't know, starts treading water and bubbling and going under, I'm not going to be complaining as long as it means that Penny can win. Well, I'm going to remember that come the Winter Olympics, uh, you know, when Brittany Cox finally gets a long overdue uh, gold. Uh, we just won't get her back on the show between now and Beijing. Uh, <laughs> we want her to do well. Um, but, I mean, Jared, do you pay attention to Canada now, now that you've sort of uh, got this loser on the show? I do. You should see me cheering them on, especially when, I mean, when they beat the US as well. It's just ah, so good. <laughs> Uh, the one thing I want to add just quickly before we leave on the teamoz.olympics.com today, just once again, disappointment for both Canada, Canadian Olympic Committee and Australian Olympic Committee. There's no like real thing. Like think about the podcasts, all right? What are we meant to do? You better bring it back for Beijing. But they've, the, the newest competition right now on the website is you can win a $20 voucher for the Olympic team shop and a pair of Speedos goggles. Wow, they're really giving out the big ones. Um, all you have to do is vote for the hashtag Tokyo Together moment of the day to go in the draw. So this was for, um, when they say for the day, all of these things happen on like four different, this is like Colin, they don't know what day it happens on. (laughs) Um, The four that we've got to choose from are the record-breaking relay team, so our 4 by 100 women. Uh, We've got Dean Boxall, the most talked about coach on the planet. Uh, I don't know what this one is. Competitors on the pitch, support team off the pitch. It looks like a photo of a Fijian and an Australian rugby player with their arms around each other. Okay. And uh, the Ira Kanji, uh, when, uh, what's his face? Owen won the the bronze when they sort of all did the Thor moment. So, um, I mean, I would vote for that one. Mm. Yeah. Should win. Yeah, I'm not entering my name. You already sent me enough spam as it is AOC. You know, I got my $10 voucher. I bought my T-shirt. It's on the way. I'll wear it soon on the podcast. I mentioned today I'm wearing my Australia shirt my Tokyo gold. I was nearly going to wear all my golds because we won so many medals, but I didn't want all the clanging happening. So um, there you go. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Remember to like us on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all the usual channels. Subscribe on all those usual channels as well. We appreciate you tuning in and hope you're enjoying our coverage as much as we are enjoying bringing it to you. Jared, always a pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us, and I really did appreciate your expertise on the badminton tonight. It was great to hear. No problem, anytime. And Colin, a history-making day for Canadian Olympics. We are glad that we could have Canada's number one Penny Alexiak expert on the show tonight to talk about it. Yes, and I will be back to talk about many more record-breaking days that she'll have. Well, we'll see how they come. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. Good night. Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I